Kong. Skong. I long. Is. <laughs> Dong. <laughs> Bongst. Long. Long. Why? Okay. There are many words that rhyme with Kong, and you guys are just making up gibberish. That's that's what we were doing the whole no, time. You're turning though. regular words to make them rhyme. <laughs> that was okay. That's what because, we hey, started Hey, I hate to doing. break it to you, Jackson. Skong is not a word. <laughs> and there's I long. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the joke. <sighs> so okay. Here we are, Kong Skull Island. Oh, we're going. We're, okay. we're a few moments. We are mere weeks away from Godzilla v. Kong hitting theaters across the nation. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Godzilla v. Kong? Like, the who's going to win? I already, I already discussed this on Twitter, but Godzilla does not make me nearly as happy as seeing the big happy gorilla king protector boy on the screen does. So I think in that aspect alone, I think King Kong is gonna win because he's a good boy. He's the goodest boy. <laughs> but but uh, and unless they make some real little, I don't think there's much of a a, a fight there. Cause like King Kong's pretty big, but like the last Godzilla movie that I watched, Godzilla was pretty fucking big. But they, and they did keep say making it bigger. So in this movie, it's canonical that King Kong hasn't finished growing. Like he's still a young chap. Yeah, he's so still right. a baby still, boy. He's still and also he's fireproof, he's apparently. <laughs> yeah, he's. This is we've got teen King Kong, and that's right. why he gets so pissed every time he sees a helicopter because like he's he's like a teen right. and he like gets mad at things. Like here's the thing: is I feel like Kong is more chaotic good because he's like the protector yeah, of yeah, the yeah. island, and oh, absolutely, it seems yeah. like Godzilla is more chaotic neutral because right, he doesn't have as much of an agenda. But, like, he's yeah. there when he's gotta be. Like, when they let them fight, he stopped those Mothras. They weren't Mothras, though. I can't remember what they are. Those evil but bug, consider, giant bug guys from consider of babies. Consider, of all the kaiju that we've seen in, in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Godzilla, Kong is the only one who can use tools. Only guy who's got opposable thumbs. It's true. He's a smart That's guy. True. Yeah. He'll just make a he gun. He could build a gun. Of, like, he's ship. a smart guy. Yeah. He's... He's pretty. He's a pretty brainy, he brainy boy. He's read read a lot of books on that island. I am. And he has empathy. brought up the point that they keep saying that like Godzilla is or not Godzilla. Sorry, that King Kong is young in Skull Island. Like that's what they keep saying. It's like, oh, he's still growing. He's a baby. His parents died. Right. It's like that. He's an they orphan. Don't say baby, but you know what I mean? <laughs> he's he's young, and they say he keeps growing. Right. But like, it, what's cool is his design in Skull Island. He doesn't look like a silverback at all right. like his head is not very big he like doesn't have like the shape that like a silverback gorilla does i'm really curious to see that in Godzilla versus king kong if they're gonna like make him look more like an adult gorilla because i think that would be really interesting because like he kind of he doesn't look like a full-grown gorilla i hope like, they in skull island <laughs> i hope they don't change any of his character design, but they just give him reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only mon- that's the only moniker that he's middle aged now. You guys watch the like, trailer, oh, right? I can't see this from here. No, I haven't watched the oh, trailer. Fuck, we gotta watch the trailer. There's a really great rap rock song that plays in the back half of it. It's so good. <laughs> oh fuck We're yeah! Just dude. Like, fuck yeah! Back in the game. Guns. Yeah, it's just like it's like Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't stop me now. I should say, cause, 
how I wonder how long the Kong family lives because like this he's a baby in Skull Island and it's gonna be fifty years in the future. Is he gonna be like an old man? Well, they, is this gonna I be think son it's of Kong? A lot like we don't know how they age. They're they don't age yeah, on this they're, island. They're, these are this big is this is Neverland. <laughs> yeah. Well, like also John C. Riley was like, I've been here for so long and looks like these island people haven't aged a bit. Generic. That is also a thing. Yeah. So. Is okay. are we on in Never Neverland? There's some weird aging stuff. So this going is, on. you know, it's not going to be that great for the stream, but um, I'm sending the link to the trailer to you because I feel like it's important that you guys see it in order for us to have a well-rounded v Kong discussion at the beginning of this episode. I kind of actually don't want to receive any information. I just want. to... I thought we were just this. We're talking precursor Kong, and then we can <laughs> okay. have yeah, like just like Kong, Kong versus. Kong. Because we don't, we all, we don't want to know what big Hollywood thinks. We want to know what <laughs> I us, have the my own. Guy Adeline and I, just for you to know, podcast audience, Adeline and I are both v obsessed with gorillas. Like, yeah, big we've always fans. been gorilla gals. So we're the gorilla, we're the gorilla gals. Like a new podcast coming your like way. Like a couple of years ago, we went to the zoo and it was. Just funny how much, how excited, like, there were, we were in a group, and Alan and I yeah, were no, like, I was literally just, like, formulating it. a way that, like, how we could run the laps, like, to see the gorillas, like, the most amount of times. Like, I was like, we could go this way, and then lap back around and see the gorillas Like, again. we were like, well, what if we just went back and saw the gorillas one more time? Like, we went, yeah, one more, just one more again, one more time. We saw them a lot, a lot, <laughs> Yeah. Last time, but here's the thing about the gorillas at the Seattle Zoo is that it's really sad because last time that I saw them, their silverback had died. Yeah. So when you saw them, they were literally just all in, in mourning, mourning just- and sad, <laughs> and it was the most heartbreaking thing in the world. Oh. <laughs> Upsetting. It wasn't good. It was a bad day. But now Kawame is there, and he's super nice, and it's going great. It's pronounced Kong. <laughs> it's not. Don't. You think all gorillas I are think the same, Jackson? it's just a Jackson? bad move to name a gorilla Kong. I think that's just... You're just asking for trouble. Yeah, you really are. Have any of us, not to circle around the movie too long without talking about the movie, have any of us seen the Peter Jackson King Kong? Oh, yeah. I have not. I have I've seen either. it because I've heard a few it's five times. hours long. I watched my... Have- my grandpa loved, loved, like, monster movies, so that was right. one... Because he wanted to watch Planet of the Apes, but we couldn't rent it because my <laughs> uncle was like, I, can't, I don't want to spend money. <laughs> so we watched, we, <laughs> watched <laughs> we all as a family watched the Peter Jackson version of King Kong. Right. Because so. I've heard it's pretty good, but every time it's like not the kind of movie that has a reputation that's good enough. And I'm going to be like, yeah, let's fucking do it. I'm amped to watch King Kong. I'm going to sit down and watch this two hour, 45 minute movie. Like, every time I'm like, oh, Kong, like, that's supposed to be good, and I want to watch it, but then I'm always like, there are a lot of, like, 105-minute movies, like, right next to it <laughs> on the queue that I'd much rather sink my teeth into yeah. right now, yeah, you know? Yeah. I could watch I could watch Planet of the Apes and just be happy. If I, <laughs> like, if I ever had a good reason to watch King Kong, I would jump at the chance, but it just hasn't happened for me yet. It's, can we, see, here's the problem about talking about... Uh, gorillas and gorillas in film because now I just want to watch Planet of the Apes War for the Planet of the Apes because that 
is maybe the best movie ever made, and <laughs> I really like it, and now I just want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, Planet know? of the Apes, Like, colon. I could watch that instead of watching it. Planet of the Apes, colon. Yeah. One day, we, we're going to talk about all damn Planet yeah, of the Apes movies, baby. Oh, yeah. So Speaking cool. of, our 100th episode is coming up pretty soon. Um... Let's just do plan. Let's just do the three, the trilogy, Planet of the Apes, because like all in one episode. Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's, we'll start. We'll start. <laughs> we'll start it. We'll do rise. Part. So we can we can plan to do rise for episode one hundred. Wait, let's. I I'm saying we have episode one hundred, but just three times where it's rise, dawn, and war, <laughs> and we just keep saying that those are all <laughs> episode one hundred. Yeah, okay, episode one hundred A, B, and C. Would you rather yeah. do? Because we keep saying we want to do all of the planets of the apes. The planets of the ape. Why? Yeah. Why not just start have episode 100 be the original Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes? Because I don't <laughs> feel anything when I watch that. One. But it'd be a jumping off cry. point. I don't cry. I only want to talk about movies that make me sob. But <laughs> um, like RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop. I weep like a little baby. Every time that guy gets dumped in, like, radioactive acid and then explodes like a pimple when he gets hit by that car, I cry. But maybe for the wrong reasons. That, it's Ugh. tricky. It's tricky. It's, it's, listen. It's, yeah, so, yeah, that's just, I'm totally getting this off topic and I'm so sorry about it. But that's the thing about RoboCop is that we're like, oh, Keisha loves RoboCop. We gotta do RoboCop on the podcast. But it's, consistently, it's been a bad time in politics and society to talk about RoboCop. I like, think now's the time. I think we might as well yeah, just, no, I think now's the window. I think we gotta we're do good. it before right something in, else happens. Right in. Like, we just address the problems. That aren't necessarily yeah. problems, but talking just, points. No, 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 I don't think so. We'll just call the episode RoboCop ACAB anyway. RoboCop, but I still don't support the police department. Yeah. <laughs> RoboCop, but you know. Not that I'm taking We'll so, just call it Robo, stands. and we'll leave out the cop part. So speaking of, okay, and I guess I should ask this too. Adeline, I know you've seen it. KJ, have you seen the original 1933 King Kong? Yes, I have. Because that movie... What a fucking film. rules. Well, what about the King Kong <laughs> with film? Um, you know, the the Supreme of the Witch Coven. I can't think of her name now. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you know, she's in the you know, the American Horror Story, Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Like the seventies King Kong. Oh, I don't know. I'm not even aware of that one. What? What? That's the one where like she really like it's very clear that she wants to have sex with King Kong. Right, right, right. Sounds good. That it's sounds good. like the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it's in the 70s. The thing about the 1930s King Kong is, racism aside, it's a great fit. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't it. know if I even like pretty much anything about it besides that all the big stop-motion monsters fucking kick ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, what, but that's, that's what, what this cool. movie's for about. Time, for the time. <laughs> right. For the time, it's a great film. But, like, it's, going back and watching it, it's just like... It's just a good time yeah, to watch that movie. It's a blast. Like it's the perfect like you get to watch a bunch of dummies just get their heads smacked onto cave walls and you're like Ooh. <laughs> And you get to see the big stop motion gorilla and you get to see him fight some dinosaurs and there's some cool stuff where it's like live actors like in front of a projection that's like pl- playing the stop motion. It's a good time. There's a monkey who I'm pretty sure was abused his entire life and he's in the film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tricky, tricky. Oh, and I guess before we get into the movie, I keep. <laughs> That's the thing about like any time before, like but... I would say before, like 1980. I don't like 
seen animals in movies because I know I just know they weren't treated right like you just know that something something's wrong with that relationship if this animal is in a movie you know you guys are coming in real hot with a lot of takes this episode (laughs) I am I don't know what's up with me today but this is just a hot take kind of day Um, it's hot take Wednesday (laughs) I just want to acknowledge that for people listening to the podcast later that we have been bleeping out the word this whole time and there's gonna be a lot of them um, okay, well you've had, well now you had to bleep out that word too. Well, yeah, of course we're gonna say the rest of the episode. I just need to to address that we're not saying the n word or anything. It's just. Yeah. Well, but no, when you said we're bleeping out, <laughs> it's the king of the monsters. Right. That classic character, colon king of the monsters. I mean, people can get it from context. That big old lizard man. The reason we bleep man. out the word is because we get in fights about kaiju's a lot. A lot. You would, yeah, a it's lot. A, it's um, shocking. And then, okay, new new kaiju movie coming out, Clifford the Big Red Dog <laughs> remake. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> so That'll let's talk about <laughs> this. So so this is both of your guys' first time watching Kong Skull Island, am I correct? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. We talked about it off I screen. saw it. This is, uh, this is one of the movies that came out when I was working at the movie theater, and I think I fully saw it, like, three times. And, like, everybody at the movie theater I worked with was like, yeah, I don't know, Kong Skull Island, that was kind of fine. Like, it looked pretty good, it was fun. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty fine, pretty totally good, right? <laughs> and, I, like, somewhere deep down inside, I was like, I fucking love Kong Skull Island, Kong Skull so Island rips shit. Understand. And I was like, I watched it, because I watched it a couple of times on my own, just because it was free for me, because I liked it so much. And then yeah. one time I took dad to see it. Dad was like, do you want to see a movie? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And so we went and saw Kong Skull Island and he was like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it was fine or whatever. And I was like, no, you guys don't understand that this movie's Father. great. <laughs> how dare you? Nobody understands Papa. me. <laughs> Why is it just Papa, me? How could you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here's this, the deal yeah, no, is that this movie is pretty good it's pretty good like if you like big old monster movies big old monsters fighting which the three of us love then you're gonna love this movie point blank period (laughs) i gotta say i think my one my big like strike against this movie is i would say it needs it needs more kong in it he's not i need i need a little bit more kong screen time you know i just remember a, a good amount I just want just like a little bit. More. That's fair. Like there's definitely like a span, and like after we like actually see him, and he like takes down all the helicopters, and then he like leaves for a little bit till he takes that nice bath. You know, right. like he's gone for a hot minute. Because this movie came out in the fever pitch of the fledgling cinematic universes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. came yeah, out yeah, yeah. like a couple of months before the Mummy with Tom Cruise. It came out a few months before Justice League. Like, it was right in that moment where it felt like they had just announced... I remember sitting in the break room at the theater reading that they had announced the Scoob Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe (laughs) they were trying to do. Oh, man. It was right at, like, the highest pitch of, like, everybody and their brother wants to get in on the cinematic universe. And it seems like this one is the only non-comic book one that has stuck around in any meaningful way, which is fascinating. It's not what I would have expected. Well, I think, like, the kaiju 
Godzilla universe is like the perfect playground for that because oh, that's totally. what it's yeah that's what it's always been basically like they never like made it a cohesive story but it's always like it's it's Godzilla and Mothra and some other third thing like they're always doing crossover stuff so like I don't know I feel like it, it's always been like that way like since the conception it was like oh let's get you know these two big monsters that you love? What if we? What if they punched each other? Right. And everybody was like, oh, hell yeah, I like this. Because, like, every single one of these movies so far has been very divisive, but, like, along different lines, which I think is really fascinating. Because, like, the public at large didn't really like the Gareth Edwards, Brian Cranston, God. They were like, what the hell's up with this? Godzilla's not even in it that much. That was the thing. Everybody couldn't shut up about it. But there yeah. were, like, a lot of people who were like, this is the best blockbuster of the last 30 years. Like, this movie's yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because it's directed by Gareth Edwards, and the special effects are insane, and it feels so grounded and real, and there's, like, a cool story going on. But some people were like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Where's Godzilla? Anyway. Um, and then, like, that was, like, 2013. Like, four years pass. And they're like, okay, we're going to do the cinematic universe thing. And Kong Skull Island comes out, and the general public likes it okay, but a lot of critics and, like, intellectuals hate it. Because mm-hmm. it's just... Because they just have to be big brains about it. Yeah, I guess so. Because it's not as... Com- it, like, it doesn't have as complex of a story as the Godzilla movie does. I know. It's just we're on an island and Godzilla... God, 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 I keep calling him Godzilla because I'm an idiot. But we're like, about to call him Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, Gonzalez. King of, <laughs> King of the Monsters. Which doesn't even fucking make sense. It's not even like I'm combining Speedy Gonzalez. Gonzalez. <laughs> I'm just making up some third thing off of because I'm a dumbass. Yeah, Speedy Gonzalez uh. is a kaiju, just to be so clear. <laughs> ki- he, what's the opposite of a kaiju? He's a pretty big mouse. Yeah, he's big for his, a mouse, for his species, which is... No, he's not. Yeah. He's the size of a regular mouse. He's fast for his species. I, <laughs> that yeah, doesn't he's make got, him he's a got, fucking he's got kaiju. Superpowers. Well, we'll, um. we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, but I just remember, like, leaving Kong Skull Island and being like, that ruled, I'm so into this movie. And being like, and, you know, there's that, like, end credits teaser where they're, like, setting up, like, King Ghidorah and Mothra and stuff. And I was like, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah. And I was, like, Googling it. I was like, when's this next one gonna come out? And they were like, oh, the next one, well, I was like, I had heard of V. Kong. So I was like, when Mm -hmm. does versus Kong come out? And then Google was like, well, the King of the Monsters has to come out first. I was like, okay, when does that one come out? And they were like... Uh, like, 2019, they're saying right now? I was like, oh, like, three years from now? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, another two years after that is Godzilla versus Kong. I was like, oh. Like, okay. Like, Google I probably won't be as excited about it then. Like, I feel like a completely different person than I was when Kong's Skull Island came out. <laughs> yeah, I'm still excited <laughs> to see some big old monsters fight. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. And I also, I watched, um... What's it called? The Guest, which is another movie that the guy who directed Godzilla v. Kong directed, um, mm-hmm. which is just like this weird little like vaporwavy movie about Dan Stevens being like this super. It's very much like a John Wick, Liam Neeson style thriller, where it's just like there's this lonely hero who like kills a bunch of bad guys and like beats the shit out of a bunch of people in a cool action hero we way but it's like lit mm-hmm. really nicely so you're like hell yeah this rules um yeah. but it actually is super good and it's made me very excited about Godzilla v kong and mm-hmm. like the whole movie is just like obsessed with like 
good lighting and like cool action choreography. And there's the scene where Dan Stevens goes to a bar and orders a a, a whiskey and Tabasco sauce <laughs> and starts drinking wow. it. And then like some high school douchebags come over and they're like, "Hey, what's your deal?" And then he throws it in their face, and you realize that <laughs> the reason that's his drink of choice is because he can use it as a weapon. Oh my god! That's the only reason to drink <laughs> so anything. So fucking good. That's why I only drink um, scalding hot water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the only reason. Hot water with green onions and lemon. <laughs> you can throw in people's eyes. Nobody, uh, that you get that yeah. thrown on you and you are out of commission for like a week. Yeah, I can't <laughs> um, just tar-like substance, basically. Right. <sighs> the but this movie, ooze. Kong Skull Island has, like, the most insanely stacked cast of any blockbuster I've ever seen, I feel like. It's kind of crazy how stacked this cast is. Yeah, it's, almost distracting. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, at a certain point, you're like, oh, John Goodman, that's fun. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, hey, Samuel L. Jackson's another big role, that's cool. (laughs) And then Richard Mm -hmm. Jenkins shows up, and you're like, Richard Jenkins is in this movie? Hell yeah. And then it's like, oh, and by the way, uh, here's uh, Brie Larson. You're like, oh, nice. And here's Tom Hiddleston. You're like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, oh, and John C. Riley shows up too. And you're like, what? Like, how long can we keep doing this? How many times can I be surprised by celebrities showing up in this movie? Yeah. I gotta say, when I was like Tom Hiddleston in like this really action-y role, I was like, I don't know if this is, like, the perfect kind of role for Tommy. I don't know if I'm, he's going to be, like, believable as, like, the hot muscle dude, you know? Right. And to be fair, it, the character is not very much hot muscle dude, but that was just the image I had in my head of what the character was. And, like, he pretty much pulls it off of just being, like, this rugged, like, it's survival guy. I think yeah. he pulls it off pretty well. I think he's good But that this. scene where we introduce him and he, like, beats up those two dudes with, like, a cue ball <laughs> and a a pool stick is the funniest thing ever because it's just Tom Hiddleston beating two people to unconsciousness with a thin stick. I like traditionally like the King Kong protagonist, male protagonist is usually like some sleaze bag. I'm going to make a movie yeah. and this is, you're going to star in the movie and it's going to be filmed on right. this real island. So it's not always like a really muscly huge man but it is someone who has a lot of charisma and nerve Mm -hmm. and those are things that also tom has yeah exactly like tom hilson definitely (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's rugged but yeah like he definitely like finds the niche of like being an action hero guy while still being being believable as tom hiddleston you know Mm -hmm. right so here's something I learned while I was looking at the Wikipedia page regarding yes. the cast. Um, apparently, this movie like ended up going through a couple of different phases of development with the same script. Um, and there was an earlier time when uh, the role that Samuel L. Jackson played was going to be played by J.K. Simmons. Oh, which oh fuck yeah, dude. I, I would think like that. Sam Jackson is better. I think I still would have liked Sam Jackson like, as much as I love J.K. Simmons, I feel like yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is a more interesting energy to bring to that role, you know? Yeah, I think, well, the, I, Samuel L. Jackson brings something because we're so used to him playing the good guy, like, the smart, cool, confident good guy, that when he comes in and he's, like, this insane general who's just so messed up after, like, losing the Vietnam War, right. and he's, like, has to win something, it's, like, it's, it's, like, 
a flip of a script to be like, oh, Samuel Jackson is, not only is he the bad guy, he's also, like, not cool and collected. He's, like, unhinged a little bit. Right. It's like, ooh, Samuel L. Jackson. And here's... But I feel like... Well, oh, he also... J.K. He... Simmons, so... Like, J.K. Simmons is so good at yelling at people. Like, he's so good <laughs> right. at it. Can you imagine? Like, you know? Like, I, don't, I also think that would be just such a good role for J.K. Simmons. It's but not here's too the, off the beaten path, though. Here's the switch up. Here's the switch up that really blows my mind, okay? Mm-hmm. The John C. Riley character was originally cast as Michael Keaton, which oh, I think damn. would have been oh. a million times better. I think that would rule. I would love that, to see yeah. Michael Keaton in that role. Not that John C. Yeah. Riley isn't great in this, but like Michael Keaton would have been a whole nother level. That's, yeah, that would have been so good. I agree because I like one. I have I have a couple gripes with this movie, just a couple. But one of them is sometimes the dialogue and like the actors who they chose to deliver the dialogue don't feel super timeless. Because I love John C. Riley; right. he's so funny. But whenever he delivers some of those like ha ha ha, this is a quippy one liner, it feels right not. It doesn't feel like it matches the rest of the tone that the movie is going forward with. Not that it can't be funny because there are some, like when that one soldier is like, we're on a boat. Well, it's kind of like a plane, a plot. (laughs) Like that's funny, but it feels like, "Mm, would they say that, would a soldier who just fought in Vietnam say that in the 70s? (laughs) I don't really know. Right. No, I would I would, I would argue with that because I think the scenes where they really take the time to just like humanize everybody are just like so nice. Like when we stop and we're like, "All right, so like we got the boat and we're just going to like play some records and we're just going to talk." Mm-hmm. Cuz like that is part of being oh, a soldier. Oh, yeah, I totally love those. Everything isn't Yeah, it's like when everything isn't hell, there is a lot of downtime and there is a lot of just kind of sitting around waiting to get blown up. So to like show that, like even in the context of like being on an island and trying to escape, there is downtime sometimes. And then like to see like the character interactions and stuff like that is so nice. And like how we had established like, especially all like the army men, like them like talking to each other and like the way that they like have a rapport. I don't know. I feel like Mm -hmm. Plo like totally seemed totally in character with like, what we had seen them like joking around yeah about, you know? i just it seems like sometimes the dialogue feels a lot more like 2010s dialogue and not as much yeah which like they definitely do switch up tones yeah. very quickly at one there's this one of the john this the guy the the soldier whose son is billy dear billy i can't remember i think right. his name is yeah. john the guy who gets killed by the yeah he gets chomped off screen by the yeah. skull crushers <laughs> Skull crawlers. But he when they're flying in, he goes, Is that a monkey? And I laughed, even though it was super (laughs) serious, because that felt correct to the tone and of the time. And it was still like like obviously this is just a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But But I do think that uh that line that John C. Riley has near the end, where like a bird makes a sound off in the distance and he's like, That's an ant. It sounds like a bird, but it's a fucking ant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. And then we never yeah. see the ant. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really I really hope that that was improv. That would have been so good. It, it seems like it. That seems like a very John C. Riley kind of joke. It does. Yeah. Um, 
but like, Good, okay. Did, but didn't John C. Riley, John C. Riley, really make you cry at the like during the credit scene? Though, oh yeah, Doesn't hell that yeah, just fucking get you. Guy rules yeah. in this movie. I'm so glad he got yeah, he his hot dog. Watching the Cubs lose yeah. for another and decade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like debating the merits of like John C. Riley versus Michael Keaton in this role. It's like they're like. John C. Riley has that certain round facedness, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, he ends up being a little more precious and a little more, you know, cute than Michael Keaton would ever be. Like the Michael yeah, Keaton yeah, version yeah. of that would have a very different energy. I feel like. Yeah, because like when John C. Riley's like talking to his soldiers when they like meet up, he's like, <laughs> "You guys are gonna die. You're a good bunch to die with. You should not have come here." Like it's kind of like funny and kind of like oh he's like it, it, it it's a weird tone of like being like funny and also like being a little bit like off-putting right i feel like with uh, michael keaton it would have just been like oh that's fucked up like i don't it wouldn't have <laughs> right. the same energy it felt a lot darker. Yeah. yeah but okay so like headline on kong skull island is that it looks fucking amazing mm-hmm. it looks so i am pretty. obsessed so with the colors in this movie i what i love is how they light the fights i would say i feel like for some reason modern action movies have a really bad problem i guess i'm just like talking about like transformers but there are other examples (laughs) too of just like coloring something orange and calling it good and going home and it's just like that's not interesting but like i feel i would feel like the first fight with the helicopters is pretty orange but then we have that fight where they're setting King Kong on fire and it's just like black and red and blue and it's so pretty. Yeah. And the final fight is just like at three in the afternoon and it's so green and like luscious and like natural. Like it's such a cool fight. And it, right. like if they had just like been like, this is orange, it wouldn't have been nearly mm-hmm. as cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel it's like very movie... much like King Kong, the whole it's always been about like, preservation of nature and how humankind Mm -hmm. usually, um, like, perverts that in a lot of unsettling ways. And I really appreciate that this whole movie explores, like, the whole gambit of the range of colors that appear in nature without being like, this is a rainbow. Um, Because it's not, it's really subtle, but it's it's very obvious that this is an homage. And without, like, the whole, let's take Kong to New York City. And, oh, no, now (laughs) this is the most modern city in all of the the world. (laughs) Do you see how bad it is (laughs) when we corrupt nature? (laughs) Right. Because we've seen it, and it's great when he falls off the Empire State Building. But I also am tired of watching that happen. The um, I feel like this movie has a lot of Michael Bay in it visually. It does, and I'm trying to like put my finger like obviously the big difference between this and a Michael Bay movie is just the script and the writing, but it it's it good yeah, <laughs> and like I feel like it has that certain amount of maximalism, but just with some added clarity to it, I guess. Yeah, it's like. You know, Michael Bay, when he's at his, like, biggest and best, is just, like, totally unhinged. Just, like, Mm -hmm. totally off the rails, you know, like, in every way, shape, and form. Whereas this Mm -hmm. is, like, if you took Michael Bay and, like, dialed it back to a reasonable amount, you know? Well, I would also, like, a watchable amount, I would argue. (laughs) I mean, to... Hard disagree, but whatever. To this movie's defense, I think that Michael Bay really struggles with showcasing fight scenes and will oh, like yeah. oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. use so many close-ups and cuts and to the point where 
there there is no consistency to where anything is just physically and this movie has such a variety of like when we first see Kong, you just see his hands and like his eyeballs. And it seems like it's going to be one of those teasery, like you're not going to see King Kong until halfway through the movie. But then they just barrel right. through and you see giant, you know, like his whole body and his whole silhouette. And then the, you cut to different angles. Like it's so good. You see King, you see all, all sides of King Kong and his abs. And. <laughs> I, yeah. I haven't seen that in a King Kong movie or, like, not a lot of kaiju movies right. before. Because that's the thing. I don't know. It's interesting because the thing that Guillermo del Toro does in Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. where he, like, uses the camera to show how big these things are by, like, never having them fully in frame, you know? Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. like the cameraman is sort of, like, so far back, but even as far back as he is, he can't you know, show you the entire thing all at once because they're just so big, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, a very distinct choice, obviously, but it just annoys me. Mm-hmm. I find myself to be, like, this doesn't make it more visceral. It just makes me want to see the whole thing. Like, there <laughs> yeah. needs to be at least some moment where I get to see the whole thing so I yeah. have, like, a clear picture in my mind of what it is in order for it to feel big and cool, you know? And, yeah. like... It's, like, at some point, you need more context. Right. And I think this is sort of taking the opposite approach. It's just like, we're going to show you the whole ass Kong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just going to be there. You're going to see the whole thing. You're going to see everything he does every single time. And the scale is going to come from the setting around him. Because what's cool is that every time you see Kong... He's, like, in contrast with a bunch of other objects that give you context for mm-hmm. how fucking huge he is. Yeah, you know? like a fucking helicopter. Right, <laughs> exactly. Or um, a whole mountain, or a giant squid. <laughs> when, they, when, when Kong threw that squid little, let me tell you, I flinched. I thought I was going to get hit in the face. <laughs> was, that, that, sold. that 3D was coming at you. I did see this movie in 3D. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. But like, <laughs> and King Kong reaches into the theater. Whoa! <laughs> um, Look at it. But I'm obsessed with He's like. He's gonna throw a pie at you. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with like the color grading in this movie. How like when you first get into the island, like the water is all green. Like the water is always green in this movie, but like yeah. not in a gross sludgy way, in like a weirdly like in a natural, way. like natural, like tropical yeah. kind of way. And, like, yeah. the thing I have, Adeline, you've heard me talk about this before. I love that when they're going through the storm at the beginning, the lightning is, like, pink. It's, like, sunset pink. Mm-hmm. And it it's looks so, like, pretty. so good. It looks so great. I am just, I love the way this movie is lit and colored and shot, like, all the way through. Yeah. And then the and title like cards, scene... the title cards to show you different locations where it's, like, Frozen. big, fancy, like, brushstroke, like, craziness i think it's so like red yeah yeah or like how even like the first like title drop is like going into the angry eye of kong (laughs) and then the last one too is also that it's just like fuck yeah dude god it rules yeah i do like the i do think the one thing that i'm just gonna jump around a whole bunch because we were talking about it because like at the end of the movie when we see the boat approaching the helicopters are coming to pick them up and you see like kong like come around the mountain and see the helicopters (laughs) and get fucking pissed right and you're like oh my god he's gonna lose his shit like oh no here comes king kong and then they like 
do immediately cut to John C. Riley getting home safely. So it's like, well, give me, give me a minute to be like, oh, what if they didn't get out because King doesn't trust <laughs> helicopters anymore, right. you know? Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the theming of this movie, just speaking of the helicopters, um, mm-hmm. I'm to me, the central, like, ideological conflict of this movie is very much, like, obvious... Sorry, I'm a little bit burpy. Um, is obviously, like, very much tied to the Vietnam War, but it can also very easily apply to any other war that America has been in since then. Yep. Which yep. is basically yep. Yep. just that, like, you know, like, this... There was this conflict. Something happened, and we are, like, in a conflict with another power. And it was super our fault because we were sticking our nose somewhere where it shouldn't have been, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, but that's not the necessarily the conflict of the movie. The conflict of the movie is: Do you tough it out? Do you say, well, regardless of what happened in the past, we're in a conflict now, so we have to, f- to fight this thing because there's no other way forward? Or do you say, this is our fault and this shouldn't have happened? It's our responsibility to withdraw and not not mm-hmm. further engage in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, is, well, like, like, is the... the difference between, like, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson's perspectives. Yeah, well... And, like... And, I mean, it, it's totally summarized by that guy saying sometimes you don't find... There isn't an enemy until you start looking for mm-hmm. one. Exactly. Like, that's absolutely what it's about. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that it sort of tries to frame the, like, initial... Because there is a certain amount of culpability for the you know, on the on the characters for, like, coming to the island and dropping the bombs in the first place. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they weren't trying to pick a fight explicitly, but yeah. something but, happened, and now they're in a fight, you but know? That's and the it's same like, what do you that, do from there? That's the same exact thing that happened with the Vietnam War, is that America right. was trying to preserve what they believed to be the most beautiful god blessed ideal in capitalism and so that Mm -hmm. ended up like that and that happens all the time not to get like super political but like i know we did it with vietnam (laughs) we did it with korea we we like to do that and it's always bad yeah yeah. (laughs) it always doesn't end good which yeah but yeah oh what was it good so i really like First of all, I think I love the opening of this movie so much. I think, first of all, I think it's so well shot. Because that, like, World War Two, like, the pilot crashing, or not, yeah, World mm-hmm. War II, yeah. it's a Japanese pilot. But yeah, where they crash, and then the Japanese pilot crash, and they have, like, that fight, and then they go running. But it's just, like, the hammiest, like, most, like, over-the-top, like, old movie thing where they like pull out a gun and they like do close up of each other's eyes and he right. pulls out a fucking sword and does all those like <laughs> old fashioned like sword shots like it's totally especially with like a Kong movie I think that's super smart to like make homages to like old styles of filmmaking because Kong has always been around since the 30s so it's very much like in that like world of like old movie genres and like old filming styles. So I love that and then to have it be interrupted by Kong. And then you get this beautiful montage of like time progressing into the 70s. I love that montage so much. It's kind of like the montage at the end of uh the King of Monsters where it's like the radioactivity <laughs> growing the whole earth again. Yeah, it's like climate That's- change over because of God. Yeah, yeah, like, and when that montage slaps, it's like that. Nature, you know, Life finds a way. <laughs> but I love that montage, yeah. and it totally sets up this, like, this, uh, this, like, uh, this, like, versus situation of, like, 
America specifically and its, like, obsession with technology and progressing and getting better and, like, especially, like, in the 60s and 50s and 70s and all this time where it's, like, technology is accelerating at a ridiculously fast pace to, like, that versus something that is literally inheritively primitive because it's a giant fucking gorilla right i think is also really interesting because even with all of their high-tech 70s technology <laughs> the big gorilla is just like fuck you right, <laughs> and yeah. the big gorilla wins you yeah, know totally. like i think it creates a really cool opposition the um and it's another one of those things i wrote a handful of different papers over the course of my film degree about movies about the vietnam war and there's mm-hmm. there are so many things that you like always look for and, like, one of the things in one of the textbooks I read is, like, any movie that's even tangentially about the Vietnam War, you can always find one character who is Nixon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, it, like, Samuel L. Jackson is Nixon in this movie in terms of, like, yep. the metaphor. And it's just one of those interesting things that, like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, you can always pinpoint one guy who, like, ideologically yeah, yeah, yeah. represents Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a trope as soon as you hear it, you always see yeah, it. Um, Plus, you know, bobblehead like, Nixon. Well, yeah, yeah he's sure. There too. And he's That's, used he's for some really fun shots. <laughs> yeah. The um but the other thing like in terms of like big galaxy brain thematic takes about this movie about King yeah. Kong. Like I th- Well, could they want you to have those takes yeah. though? Those those takes are baked in. It's like one of the other things I think it's saying is just sort of the idea that like when you're in a a group, a unit, a a community of any kind, you know, and it talks about it on a micro level with these like dozen people or whatever, but obviously it like yeah. can f- function as a as a stand-in for a country or the United States, what have you. Um, it's like if you're trying to it if you're trying to avoid violence, it has to be unanimous because it oh, yeah. only takes one person to commit violence you know Mm -hmm. like it's so much easier as a group as a as a community of people to commit violence than to not commit violence in a certain kind of way which Mm -hmm. i was very fascinated by yeah because my other tom hiddleston and brie larson spent so much time in this movie like convincing all the different people to not try to blow up Kong, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, they are pretty successful at convincing pretty much everybody in this group to not blow up Kong. But Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson is literally the only person by the end who's like, uh, actually, no, fuck you, I am going to blow up Kong, I think. And yeah. that's just that. Then he blows up Kong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he almost blows up Kong, he looks like Kong a, punches him into the dirt. He looks like a little crispy koala, you know, like those pictures from the... The Australian wildfires. <laughs> okay. Haven't you seen? That's yeah, what I sure. thought of. I was like, it looks like one yeah. of those koala bears. That was in 2020. That yeah. feels like that was four. It's a long ago. ass year. <laughs> a lot of oh, stuff. Oh my happened. god. Yeah, that was like beginning of 2020. God, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 strikes Anyway, again. it's 2021. Right, We're on to bigger and better things. <laughs> yeah. Am I right, Jackson? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> my mood. Tag yourself. Mood. <laughs> Do you remember those Facebook <laughs> memes where it was like different characters of SpongeBob or like different Harry Potter characters? And it was like, yeah. I'm the Harry Potter and my best friend is the Snape. <laughs> and you just be tagged nope. in them. Because 
You're the only one of us who's still on Facebook, I think, Keisha. Yeah, I don't that have was friends in, on Facebook. That was in 2010. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> that was, I don't remember that. That was it when I was in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that does seem like a middle school phenomenon. Yeah, that's not anyway, something that but... I would participate in now. <laughs> Keisha, if you had to choose, what character from SpongeBob do you think you are? Oh, I'm a Gary. <laughs> yeah. Huh, okay. <laughs> I don't Watch know. Watch to unpack there. <laughs> Jackson, you are such a my leg. You really are. You're a Taurus, and that just radiates. Jackson's energy. not a Taurus. I'm a Taurus. He's an Aquarius. We went through this last week. No, I'm a Leo. No, he's a Leo. Oh, why did I say Aquarius? I know you're a Leo. Because <laughs> he's Cause a it's fishy Aquarius boy season. like SpongeBob. Aquarius isn't a Adeline, fish. Pisces is a fish. You're, you're, what are you, Adeline? A Cancer. 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 That's right. okay. I'm sorry I called you an Aquarius. I know that you're a Leo. <laughs> Even I though you don't have Leo say, energy. I wanted to say Scorpio, but Anna's a Scorpio. That's what I was remembering. No, oh. that means Anna's toxic, Jackson. Oh, uh, yeah. Only, the, only I, her tail, I remember <laughs> The only reason I can remember my and her zodiac signs is because I'm those are the cool ones. Those are the tough, scary animals. <laughs> yeah, there's a lion and the scorpion. The lion and the scorpion. I'm a crab. Yeah. I... I'm a Taurus, but I was also born in the year of the ox in the Chinese zodiac, which for most of right. my life, I only really knew about the Chinese zodiac. So, do they? Yeah, well, here's the does thing the Chinese about zodiac the Chinese... function to like predict your personality and stuff? They don't do that, yeah, do they? No, it does. Yeah. Like in similar ways, but I also don't believe in that kind of stuff. But it'll like, right. it'll be like. To, uh, the year of the ox gets along well with the s- year of the snake, but not very well with the year of the pig, which is stupid. Because I, yeah. it just I, seems like my too best broad a year time frame. The- well, like it, 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 well, here's the, the same. thing about the Chinese zodiac <laughs> is that it's not interesting with your peers because guess what all of my friends are year of the dragon because we're all like within <laughs> right. two years of each other so it's like I, well hey. i would push back a little bit just being chinese and being a, like it's not That's it's fair. not the it's same really but it is very much like culturally relevant especially like yeah, yeah, within yeah, yeah. family members like ev- i remember oh, when, yeah, when yeah. i came of age like i got like a jade um like carving of my year like i was born year of the ox and everyone has one and you like hang it on your right. bed That's and you cool. wear it for special occasions so it is it's important but it's, whole... it's not this like it you can't cling on to it the same way that white girls did with like you can't with like yeah. zodiac <laughs> right i just watched a whole video educating white people about jade bracelets so i feel more informed oh, about that subject oh now. my god i when I was young, I, I got a jade bracelet from my grandma and I was doing the dishes and I I don't like the way that like wet feels on my like like friction wise, you know? And Yeah, like, when it's like something on so, you when you're wet. So I yeah. like tried to take it off and it shattered. It shattered on the floor. It was Oh no. It was oh, my, mortifying. I, I think that's bad luck. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot there's a lot of problems with it. And also It's a bad omen. <laughs> Like a bad luck, bad spirits, but also so expensive, so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> especially if it's like a good J-Priest. Yeah, no, it's it's it is the kind that like when you put it on, it never comes off your body because you grow into it. 
So yeah, yeah, ups. I was, it's supposed to like change color with like your aura, it, but in a more in a way that sounds better when I'm not saying it because I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like to upsetting. imagine it's like your jade bracelet shatters and you're like, oh no, that's bad luck. And what does it mean anything more specific than that? And then you Google it and it's like. <laughs> If your jade bracelet, it portends that you're about to spend like $130 on something in the near future. <laughs> Jumping, it's your replacement jade bracelet. Never mind. Whatever. God. Jackson. I'm sorry. I got distracted because my Jackson. dog started I'm more eating woke something. I'm you because I watched a 10 second TikTok about this. Okay. So obviously I'm the most educated here. Yeah. But uh, you can't buy them, Jackson. They have to be gifted to you. So if you could just check your privilege Oh, so your quick. family member is going to have to spend $130 or whatever. Yeah. On someone else. Is gonna Yo. It's bad luck for somebody else. It's true. It's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of ways to get bad luck, though. And a lot of ways to bring good luck that are so, like, don't, you have to cut your hair <laughs> the day before New Year. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, cut cut your hair and wash it. You have to wear new clothes, get money. It's Chinese, that's Chinese nice. New Year is my favorite holiday. It's all of the best holidays wrapped into one. So. Because yeah, do you do, like, are there, like, presents involved? I know there's a lot of cool, like, festivities. I mean, like, but- there's money in little red envelopes and candy and oh there's money in yeah the oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> money you say <laughs> and, and like you get new clothes and you get you, like my favorite foods are there it's the best holiday it's so good it's coming up february 12th if you'd like to celebrate i already yeah, faked I remember... my bar mitzvah but maybe <laughs> but who because I remember Spokane Falls was going to do a big New Year's like celebration, but that was as the school was closing down the first time for COVID, yeah. so they canceled it. And I was like, oh, I know. Sad. sad, sad news. I still celebrated. Yeah. We didn't have a celebration. Well, yeah. I mean, I still, in that, <laughs> I, I, I cleaned my so. house and <laughs> talked to my family. <laughs> the important things <laughs> for New Year's. So, Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. I don't know what it is about him. I almost feel bad for him. No other actor has to repeat lines from other movies they're in as much as he does. Right? Like, it feels like every time Samuel L. Jackson shows up in something, he has to say, I double dare you, motherfucker, or hold on to your butts, or something like that. And and then the helicopters is called... One of the helicopters is called Fox 5, which is like a really obvious Pulp Fiction reference. (laughs) It's like... Why is this only Samuel L. Jackson? Why do people, like, feel the need to reference Samuel L. Jackson movies so often whenever he's in a movie? I don't know. I think... I don't know. It feels Maybe almost... just because he's wildly successful. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it it kind of feels like it harkens back to that, like, white op- writers don't always necessarily know what to do with, like, long successful black actors you know like right they're like oh if samuel L. jackson's gonna be in here how many of his movies do we have to reference because get it i had he has to say the thing like wes anderson struggle struggle buzz <laughs> but we don't need to talk <laughs> we don't need to talk about that right now <laughs> but god i think it i don't know or that is just like Get it? Because Samuel L. Jackson's a meme. Ha 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 ha. Right. Well, I do. Maybe it's just because of like the genre that like Samuel L. Jackson very much inhabits like the action mm-hmm. genre. So they feel like because it's also an action movie, they can like 
clearly reference other action movies and because it's Samuel L. Jackson and it's iconic, it's just like in the same sphere. So right. you're like, hey, hey, hey look, looky. <laughs> yeah. Why are Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson in so many movies together? What's up with that? And maybe they're secretly best friends. Yeah, I mean, maybe I guess so. Along. They must be because he's in Unicorn Store, which was like the movie that she directed. Um, oh, yeah. So I have to assume... Yeah, maybe they're just buds. Yeah, they must just be buds. It just seems like a weird thing, because Brie Larson's, like, 30, and Samuel L. Jackson's, like, 70. Yeah. Friendship's born in Samuel like, Jackson's, like, 90. Of How old is Samuel L. Jackson? It's, um, I could look it up. He's, he's in well his 70s, 60, though. though. Right? Like, 70. I might not like last time I heard his age, I was, like, so like so more surprised that like he's like 79 well like when no. when john he's 72 what the fuck that's what i said 72? that's exactly what i said yeah. right i know ages what the you guys fuck? that's so insane well while i was watching this movie i was like it's weird to think that john c Riley is younger than samuel l jackson and he's playing this <laughs> character that's been marooned on an island for 30 years <laughs> like right. it seems yeah. like he would be older the and you know what's wild? Samuel L. Jackson is going to be the lead of a long-form Disney Plus prestige television show four years from now. That Secret yeah, Invasion man. show is going to premiere in, like, 2023. He'll be, like, 76 years old. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what it is with Hollywood right now, but just, like, old men are just, like, thriving. Like, oh, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Cowboy. Oh. <laughs> No, Cowboy Man. Cowboy Man? Clint Eastwood? Old Man Direct Movies Donkey. (laughs) Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Cowboy Man. (laughs) You knew what I meant. (laughs) We got there. Donkey. (laughs) Clint Eastwood's Donkey. Anyway. But yeah, like he... Clint Eastwood is what? Like 90? How old is Clint Eastwood? Last time we checked, he was exactly 90. I don't know if he's had a birthday since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how, when that was, who knows. But yeah, and he's like just like directing and starring in movies. Yeah. And starring in movies where he has threesomes with people. So I guess Hollywood (laughs) is just all aboard the old man train recently. But it's just like, and I hear about Samuel L. Jackson that he'll like take any like big action role, you know. But like his one thing because he's 72 years old he's like i won't run no running uh-huh. <laughs> that's like that's my really fair. hard that's really line really in fair. the sand like i'll i can fake whatever like fight choreography or whatever you need me to do but there's no way to fake running <laughs> and i won't be doing yeah. it which is like the only thing in captain marvel where you like it the the facade of young samuel L. jackson goes away for just a second <laughs> when right. he crumbles just a when little they're bit like, run and he's just like maybe <laughs> jogging <laughs> yeah yeah he's just like <laughs> oh, i like the scenario of samuel L. jackson won't run so they have to get a stunt double to run so they're just forcing some other old black <laughs> man to run <laughs> so samuel L. jackson doesn't have to which that's power <laughs> It's just a funny idea to me. <laughs> I still, I will never be able to get over how good the, the de-aging tech in Captain Marvel is for Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, it's crazy. I, because we've spent so much time talking about, like, what movies it looks super bad in, you know, and, like, uh, there was a certain example that is kind of a spoiler recently of de-aging technology that looked atrocious. But Which, that's... That's debatable because I do, I don't a super agree with that. I think okay, it looks fine. Well, whatever. What are, what are we What are we talking about? Adeline, I, we can't you, tell you. Adeline. You gotta freaking 
Oh, we can't even it, tell you what it is a spoiler for. It's fine. It's, it's, oh, is it a Star Wars? Is it a Star Wars? But Captain Marvel, Samuel L. Jackson, like, it, you literally never even notice it for a second that it's not really him. It is insane how Unless good he's he looks running. in that movie. Unless he's running, right. Well, I was going to say, and that's the other thing, like, the Irishman, when they're trying to do it there, and it's like, anytime Robert De Niro needs to, like, move too much, you're just like, that is a 90-year-old man. Yeah, that man's not there's 40. just some gestures yeah. that aren't young, just like when it's Tom like Hanks yeah, plays a boy. When they had Tom Hanks. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we were all there. We've all seen that movie. Here. Yeah. I got to tell my friend Gus. I got to tell him the other day that Tom Hanks plays the majority of roles in the Polar Express, and he was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, that's the best part of the Polar Express that Tom Hanks plays every character." Ugh. I thought I thought about uh, watching Beowulf, but I I don't know why I didn't. Cause I I'm I think I'm gonna pull the trigger tonight though. I just okay, okay. I, just watch Tintin. Tintin is so much better. I know, but there's just you I haven't just seen wanna... Beowulf, Adeline. I, and here's the thing: but is Tintin that Tintin is good in Beowulf. Like Crispin Glover, all of his lines are in old English, and that makes me want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know who <laughs> rules is Crispin Glover. When is Crispin Glover not good? Uh, Crispin. I can't think of any more Crispin Glover's Glover movies than Back to the Future 1 and Which he Beowulf. rules in. And <laughs> yeah, Beowulf, he's which great. he rules in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fucking, did you ever watch American Gods? I have not seen that, no. I've only seen the first season, but he plays the, like, big corporate evil bad guy. And it's okay. so wild. Because it's Chris McGlover and he's doing the biggest, weirdest performance as just, like, the, the like, billionaire, like, Illuminati controls the world from a locked room kind of guy. And he's just like, but it doesn't matter what kind of salsa it is. Chunky, smooth. They're still buying salsa. One of his good lines. It's really good. Husband, what? starfish. Husband, starfish. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? We're talking about um, de aging. Some there's for some so reason. many great. There's so many great behind the scenes videos from Back to the Future of Crispin Glover just acting like an insane person. Yeah. <laughs> there's this because he is like the sort of actor who's just like big, sort of abstract expressionist performer you know he wants to be true to to feelings and ideas more than any sort of relative reality going on in a movie and there's this one shot where it's him and michael j fox having a conversation and uh like it's like a close-up on michael j fox and he's saying something and then you just see this broom like swipe through the air in front of his face you just hear robert zemeckis being like Crispin, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sweeping the area. And he's just like <laughs> waving a broom around. Uh, what a nut. This <laughs> is like, okay, I don't think that's what I want to do for this scene, Crispin, but <laughs> maybe so good. keep that in your back pocket. Maybe we'll find some place for it. <laughs> exactly. What a nut. I love him. <laughs> it's so good. Crispin Glover rules. Um, so, okay, I've complained on this podcast before about how movies aren't as slimy as they used to be. Like, we don't get as much <laughs> This goo. movie's pretty damn slimy. 
Say again? Yeah, Jackson loves this goo. This movie's pretty damn slimy. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it, even, com- like, movies were all about slime in the 80s and 90s. It was like... Oh, yeah, it was like, here's our city. slime movie, and then we'll, like, put an alien in there or something, yeah. and they were, like, sold a million dollars. Lots of slime in the 80s and 90s. And I felt, I felt refreshed by the amount of slime there was in this movie. It's really just one shot. When that guy hits the spider and his guts like fall out onto his face. Um, it's like, also, Poof. spoiler warning for the ending when Kong pulls out all of the guts. Right. From- yeah. That's not slime yeah, though. Slime has to be real. Computer okay. generated slime doesn't count. Okay, fine. But that was it was pretty great. Pretty great how that happened. Yeah, it <laughs> is pretty great. The thing about this movie is that I. I my I like my big like no nos when it comes to like gore is I don't like like inside of the body stuff. I just I don't like it. That's all it's gore. Like, That's what gore like, is. Too. I fucking hate it. No, like not like blood or stuff. Like like rib cage stuff especially. Okay. But like I don't know. But there was like some stuff. I was like I like this movie's not gonna be gory. It's King Kong. Maybe he'll rip like a dinosaur in half. It won't be that bad. But then that fucking guy gets skewered by that giant <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking spider, fan and of that. I wanted to leave. <laughs> I wanted to leave the planet. I wanted to never think about anything ever again. Again, I was ready to throw it all away as soon as that <laughs> yeah, giant spider. Yeah, bamboo <laughs> legs, kind of creepy. It's rules, it's so good. <laughs> it fucking, it's, it fucking sucks so bad. But then I think the big cute wood beetle makes yeah. up the for log. How fucking much I hate that, that dumb log spider. Bug. Log bug He's is so, so cute good. It's but like a stick bug, was... but it's big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I like those yeah. big old cows. As a big, the big oh, yeah, those so big cute. like water buffaloes are cool. Oh yeah, they're like mossy. They look like All the... the animals in this are great. Like the birds too. Yeah. The weird birds that chop that guy's arm off. Oh my, yeah. yeah. What did he do, do to deserve think... that? <laughs> he no, was a nerd, Keisha. He was like scared to go on to this die. island full of monsters, which is fair enough. <laughs> He's like, this is it's like my job. Jurassic Park. It's like Jurassic Park, you always gotta have a nerd or two that you can but graphically Park, destroy. Most of the time, the like nerds who get destroyed are like bad guys. Like they're like selfish and greedy. And this guy was just like right. reasonably nervous to go on this expedition. <laughs> At least he wasn't on the toilet, because they really yeah. did the nerds but that so sucked, dirty so. in Jurassic Park. <laughs> he was a bad guy, so it's fine. He was a lawyer. <laughs> he was yeah. Yeah, he was there to steal anyway. intellectual property or whatever. Yeah, as cool as the animals in this movie are, I feel like they totally, they all pretty much feel real, like, in the, in this island where it's, like, the specific ecosystem, they all feel like they, like, make sense in the ecosystem, like, all the big bugs and the big bison, it's like, oh, they're big because Kong is big, mm-hmm. and they are kind of weird because they're, like, only on this island, so it's like, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. I think... The skull crushers are just there to look like cool dinosaurs, and that's it. Because they don't feel real in any capacity. Like, they don't fit the same... Like, they don't even seem like hunters or, like, apex predators. They literally just seem like demon monster fantasy dragon boys. Like, they don't... Well, yeah, they, they don't like feel real. They live like underground and does. only come out when you wake them up on accident. Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they don't, don't feel like, grounded in reality yeah. like everything else is. Which, well, I think that... I think that's fine, though, because I think there are, like, spiritual aspects of 
King Kong that go back and it feels like this is some kind of mythological bone dragon that comes out only when like the it king. did like kill his parents. I guess there is a mythology going on. <laughs> right. He's, he's an orphan, Adeline. He's an orphan. <laughs> orphan. This poor boy. This little boy. <laughs> so sad. You abandoned your boy. And I do really enjoy the character design. Like I like that they're they only have two legs and then they use their tails as yeah. like yeah. a, a no, little snake balance. Like, balance. I'm just like that's yeah. that's dope as yeah. hell. It's sick. And you I like know- how big they are. You want to know what scene is BS, though? Is the uh, one yes. where so Samuel L. Jackson's like, we got to go to this place through the monster field to find that guy. And even though later you find out he doesn't actually want to find that guy, it's just an excuse to get to the weapons. But regardless, there's that moment where, like, they're fighting the big monster and then it happens to vomit up a guy's skull and his dog tags as one convenient package. Yeah. That Tom Hiddleston yeah. can find and be like, oh, he's dead. It's like, okay, fuck off. <laughs> that's fair. But it's worth it but when fight, with the gas, the like, green that, gas goes off. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah no, that, that fight in the elephant boneyard is, is very great. good. I don't, I don't mean to say that yeah. that like sequence oh, no, no. doesn't totally but, kick ass, but like, <laughs> like they could have easily <laughs> that plot progression is no bueno. Like they easily could have because they already do this walk through the rest of the forest and then like find his bloody letters to his son. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, like that. Like they, done they find out anyway that he's not alive. Like they don't need to, to collect his dog tags. But as as sad as I was to see Johnny Goodman get janked by that big lizard man, I am so happy that it's probably the coolest death. In that it, the camera malfunctions yeah, and then the big him. horrifying dinosaur Ooh, eats the so camera good. and the camera like goes off as he's being swallowed and then continues to go off while they fight it yeah. and it's just the coolest it's thing so in the planet. Sad. That's also how and it's also Samuel L. Jackson. It's dies. also a big dumb excuse for Tom Hiddleston to put on a gas mask <laughs> and also pick up a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, that's how Samuel no, L. Jackson I'm- dies in Deep Blue Sea too, though. Oh, sh- but I'm obsessed with Sharky. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with the fact that this movie features a sequence in which John C. Riley, a beardy, grizzled old John C. Riley, takes out a samurai sword and attacks a giant dinosaur with it. Like, yeah, man. That's the sickest shit that's ever happened. And then Tom Hiddleston in the green gas, like he's in an Imagine Dragons music <laughs> yeah, video. Exactly. God, it's so good. Um, and it's, also, that guy that's just carrying cans of poison gas, I guess, like, whatever. Yeah, like and gas and it says, like, comically large poison gas that Toxic. all have big skulls and yes. crossbones, and it's this vibrant green right. gas, whatever. Yeah. Um, just so you're aware. I, I am low-key pretty upset low key. that John Goodman <laughs> is, like, stuck on the Connors seemingly forever, because John Goodman's, like, among my favorite actors, and he's barely in anything anymore, because he takes up so much of his time no, on but he loves the, the Connors. sequel to Roseanne. He, he does. does. He, he loves the Connors. He's happy there. I just want him to be happy. <laughs> just let him be happy, Jason. Everybody says it's pretty good, and it's worth watching, and he's good on it, but it's like, I don't know. Did you guys he know does, he... that in the Connors, the story is that Roseanne Barr died of a heart attack? Yeah, that's yeah, how they fuck yeah, got, That's how they moved along. Yeah, they just fucking it's killed so her. It's so good. Yeah, it's yeah. So insane to me. 
Like, I would have loved it if they were like, yeah, they, that fucking piano got dropped right on her. Yeah, that's, it's daring. It's daring to kill off <laughs> the person who created the show and yeah. stars in it. Yeah. Did you hear what happened to Roseanne? She got cut in half with a machete. <laughs> she got chomped by a skull crusher. Crusher. Yeah. But like I, I, John Goodman is one of those old guys that's like getting up there. He's like where I'm like starting to get like worried <laughs> I'm about ner- him. Right. Like on the Connors, like you can like feel how old he is. Right. He's like, oh, John Goodman. Yeah, you can I'm see his wrinkly neck, and you're like, oh no. That's how I feel about Harrison Ford. Every time he's not reading a script, he just seems like <laughs> an old man who's just like totally not. Yeah, there he's anymore, just ready you know? to go to sleep forever. Yeah, why are they making yeah, exactly. a fifth Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Let so Harrison hey, Ford sleep. I want to take bets. Do you think John Goodman is older or younger than Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, I'm gonna go Probably 74. Younger. 74. Okay. I think John he's Goodman. like six. I think he's late six. I think he's 70 even. That's my guess. Okay. John Goodman is 68. Damn. Samuel L. Jackson is a full oh. four years older than John Goodman is. Damn. Yeah, and John Goodman's yeah. slowing John down. Yeah, exactly. Man. He looks. Ugh, he that's looks so okay wild. though. Like. Samuel yeah, Jackson is exceptionally young for his age. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel Jackson has got, I almost said black magic, but like the other kind of black magic. <laughs> not the, you know, not hashtag black magic, like the like, regular. Like, yeah, actually yeah, sure. just casts spells to keep himself looking <laughs> young. Um, but, I mean, like, John Goodman's lost like a ton of weight since he's been on yeah. the car. Oh, yeah. right? that, that contributes I mean, to the wrinkly neck, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Even I was gonna say, even in this movie, he's a lot thinner than he was in some other things in his past. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in the past. We talked. We had a whole like, text conversation about this a while ago. But John Goodman has never been nominated for an Oscar. How insane yeah. is that? It just. It does. I just don't even understand why he hasn't been nominated. Like once. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Well, neither has. Has Amy Adams been nominated? Yeah. Yeah, she has been. Okay, good. She just didn't get it for Arrival that one year. Okay, gotcha. Because she fucking should have. Because Arrival is oh, so God. fucking good Arrival. and she's so good in it. So Absolutely. Good. God. Amy Adams des- des- deserves an Oscar. She's so good. Anyway. Um, but like... Fucking Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. But like... Fuck off. <laughs> it's also interesting to me that John Goodman has carved out this weird little niche lately of like really smart guy who is too into certain conspiracy theories and might be crazy. Like that's what he does. Like that's what he does in this. That's what he does in tank Cloverfield lane. That's what he does in flight. He's always like a guy who seems really smart, but might be totally off his rocker. Maybe. Yeah. And like the movie like goes back and forth and proving him right. Right. And also making you still think he's crazy. It's good. It's good stuff. (laughs) Which you gotta be a little bit to be like, the only way to prove that giant There's monsters exist gorilla. is to just bomb this random ass island. <laughs> Which right. is also, I kind of wish that there was a little more that we knew about John Goodman, like his yeah. intentions behind, like when I was a soldier or something, I saw a big right. old monster and now I got to prove that the Loch Ness monster exists. And that's been mm. my whole 
Like, but also there, this is another, there are a lot of characters in this movie, so, like, they had to introduce John C. Riley to set up that storyline later. So, like, where that would have been in place, like, John Goodman witnessing King Kong or something at some right. point in time just got replaced with this. Just tricky. A little tricky Doesn't to he navigate. say, in that first walk yeah. and talk, doesn't he have a line that's like, oh, I saw something one time and I've been obsessed ever since. Yeah, or something but, like, like, lazy um, like that. Yeah, that, yeah, it's lazy. I'd rather, like, see... Well, no, he, he has that when Samuel Jackson's like, "Hey, I'm gonna shoot you." He's like, "Hey, I I used to be a soldier, and everybody died, and I saw." I know thing, he and says everybody it. Tried to tell me. I, I, didn't I understand. It. I, think, <laughs> I think that's enough. I don't think. I think that's enough. I think if the movie tells you, I think that's enough. But I disagree. It, it's the it's the Wreck It Ralph telling, the movie not showing, you so you can't get mad. Yeah. I would say, like, what if they just had John Goodman in the same fleet? As John C. Riley, and he was flying alongside him, yeah, and saw what if they King knew Kong. Each other? Like, why wouldn't they just do that? <laughs> I feel right. like it doesn't take up any more time, and then you understand where he's coming from, <laughs> and then you're like, oh yeah, he was fair. a soldier because I saw him, and he did see King Kong, so he has a reason to come back, and like that way, it just feels a little more connected and a lot less of like, like, ooh, I I know that there's monsters out there, even though. I'm just saying that just like um, <laughs> right. Brian Cranston in the Godzilla movie, like right. he, but he's right. Yeah. He, it, <laughs> but he's right. He's not crazy. Keisha. He's right. He is remember, right. I remember wish I when wasn't. J.K. Simmons was that guy in Terminator Genesis, he was good at that. <laughs> he was so good in that cut. I just want J.K. Simmons to be in everything. Can J.K. Simmons and Samuel Jackson is. just like stand next to each other and deliver the same lines? <laughs> he kind of is in everything. He was in the Snowman. Why was he in that? Why was he in? That? <laughs> Why was he in that film? Uh, he was in Palm Springs. He was great in that movie. Do we want to talk about the whole Spider-Man three thing right now, or do we want to save that for another time? What the what? All the casting announcements about Spider-Man three. How like oh. Jamie Fox and fucking Alfred Molina are all coming back and it's apparently going to be some kind of weird Spider-Verse thing. You didn't know that? I knew knew it was going to be a weird Spider-Verse thing. Somehow. So yeah, they officially, they announced, because not only is J.K. Simmons already back, because he was in Yeah, which is, oh my gosh. Um, Everything I've ever wanted, honestly. But they cast Jamie Foxx as Electro. They were specific. They weren't like mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx in an unspecified role. They were like... They didn't just no, Jamie chastain Fox, him? Yeah, they're like Jamie Foxx as Electro and Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. Like, oh, they're back. And it's like... And they've as- also confirmed that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be a supporting character as Doctor Strange. And it's like... Is that what they're doing, or are they just pulling a move where they're deciding to pull back old actors because it's fun and people like them, or are they literally Doctor Octopus and Electro from the Sam Raimi and Mark Webb movies through the multiverse? That would be. I would love if that's how they opened up the multiverse, though, because I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the MCU to get into that multiverse lifestyle because it can happen in person. Isn't isn't there another theory that Deadpool might be in it? Like, that's the yeah. thing I've heard. Because they finally confirmed a Deadpool 3. Like, there was, like, a yeah. real true announcement where Kevin Feige was like, Deadpool 3 is on the slate, it's gonna be rated R, it's gonna be a Marvel Studios project. Yeah. Um. So clearly they're figuring something out with that. 
I don't know if they're going to try to figure out some kind of actual in-canon explanation. Marvel is definitely in their rebellious phase. They're like, hey, fuck it. Like, especially with how good Spider-Verse did, Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised at all. They're like, all right, fucking that one crazy Spider-Man story with, like, Madam Web, and we're going to all the Spider-Man all the time. Let's go. Multiverse, let's go. Let's do it. Like, I would not be surprised at all. I'm willing to bet I would put down a crisp $100 bill that... Because people are like, oh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire definitely coming back if they're doing all this. I put down a crisp, shiny $100 bill. They show up in a post credit scene, not in the body of the movie. They tease it for later. They figure out something, yeah. kick it later down the line. Yeah. Well, because you don't want to... I feel like that would be too much. It's a difference between yeah. have, like, having having our boy, our spider boy, Tom Holland, having him, like, fight old villains, be like, oh, it's a Spider-Verse. I think that's something. <gasps> I think having all the Spider-Men, especially all the cinematic Spider-Men right. back, I think that's too much. But, okay, you know how, like, there's, like, rumors that Chris Evans might come back for another another right, Marvel yeah. movie? Like, what if yeah. he comes back as Johnny Storm? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wouldn't that be sick? Wouldn't that I want be him dope? to be... <laughs> I want him to be in a couple more things as, like, old Joe Biden, Steve Rogers. Okay, but, like, Hell wouldn't yeah. it be cool? Can we get Joe so, Biden to play If he played both? <laughs> if he did both? Like, that would be fun. Like, it feels like I we're would, getting close you know to, what? like, that's, like, modern cinematic viewers are getting closer to being, like, okay with that kind of weird-ass shit. Right. Don't you think it would be more likely that they would pull Michael B. Jordan instead, though? But they can do it all. They can do both of those things. Yeah, I guess that's true. I if, if it's a multiverse, they can just have two Johnny Blazes and they're best that's friends. The point. Maybe they're gay. That's the point. <laughs> oh my god! I'm I'm like so, I'm getting pumped. Now. Like you're saying that Avengers five, uh, there's yeah. a there's a there's a B plot in which. Johnny Storm, played by Chris Evans, and Johnny Storm, played by Michael B. Jordan, fall in love with each other. Yes. Yes. And they What's wrong with that? What, that sounds great. Um, yes, Jackson, you got a problem with that? I cannot get over how good of a cast the 2015 Fantastic Four movie has. I know. Like, it's such a shame. Like, it actually hear, depresses like, me. Yeah, when you hear, like, Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, Kate Mara, J.B. Bell, Fantastic Four, you're like, holy shit, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, you would be, I I was, I was so psyched about it, and then it was, you know, the (laughs) most colossal failure in modern film history. We all know, we all know what happened. (laughs) Um, It's just so wild. We don't need to speak of it. Um... But yeah, I don't know, because clearly, clearly they're pulling some kind of multiverse nonsense, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love not only, the multiverse. Not only is Doctor Strange 2 called Multiverse of Madness, but Sam Raimi <laughs> is also directing it. And it's like, I feel like they're bringing on Sam Raimi explicitly so maybe they could pull in Tobey Maguire in it, right? I really like the idea of the next Spider-Man movie and just be like Doctor Strange being like, hey, Peter, I'm going to try something. And then all shit breaks <laughs> loose. And he's like, all right, bye. And then he has his movie where he's like, oh, I figured it out, actually, that he does it correctly. Right. That's what I want. Wow. But I'm yeah, and they so bring excited. it up in the chat right now, too, that Michael Keaton is going to be back for the Flash movie as Batman again. Presumably as, like, some alternate universe old Batman, which is wild. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, like in the animated Flash Batman movie. What's that one called? Which one? Oh, I I just watched that. 
I love um, I love a Thomas Wayne. I need as to Batman. get into the animated Batman movies because everybody says they're, they're phenomenal. So good. They're so good. I don't really good. like that because they're always like, like panel them. for panel like the comic books, and it's like, why don't I just read the comic books? I don't, some people don't enjoy reading. more media, like different me. types of mediums, and I think yeah. it's okay that you can translate them into. It's like it, just to give it like an audio book. Yeah, I guess. Like they also um, did Flashpoint in the Flash television show, and it was also was entertaining wild. and exciting there too. And but it's proof an that you can do multiverse stuff in live action, and it works. Yeah. And for an audience, yeah. it just seems so funny now. that it's like it seems like that's. Like, Warner Brothers and Marvel both, it seems like that's their, like, ace in the hole, right? It's like, we've hit the peak of, like, what superheroes can naturally be. And it's like, anything, if you're just sticking to the status quo, like, you're gonna get varying results moving forward from here. People seem like they care as much as they can right now. And, like, the only way that you can escalate it is to play your, like, trump card of, like, Bring back all the old stuff that people yeah. liked, you know? Yeah. Bring Michael Keaton back. Bring Tobey Maguire back. Bring Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I'm torn on, like, whether or not I think that's cool and interesting or whether I think that's lame and Who played Venom in Sam Uri's Spider-Man 3? Sa- Topher Grace. <laughs> Topher, Topher Grace, Grace, first of all, Sam Uri is this- our friend from youth group in high school. <laughs> the 70s show. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said Sam Uri instead of Sam Raimi. Oh, I heard Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. <laughs> Listen, I'm big dumb and don't know how to talk. But I was going to say, uh, so you told me the actor's name. What was the actor's Topher name? Grace. <laughs> Topher Grace. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to come back. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, think it would be a fun cameo. It would be a fun cameo. They should all come but back. But he was maybe the worst Venom? I don't... There's that's only not really two. He's definitely the worst of the two. I feel like have that's ever not seen super that, fair. Have you ever seen that mashup You've seen of, Topher's Grace coming out of the symbiote isn't the most <laughs> hilarious, awful, like, juxtaposition. He, should, he was just miscast. Regular guy voice coming out of Monster <laughs> Alien. He was miscast he in the role. That's not his fault. Have you seen that supercut, Keisha, of Tim Robinson and I Think You Could Leave, like, spliced next to, uh, what's his name, uh, Tom Hardy's line readings in Venom? No. <laughs> it's, like, oh my exactly God. the same cadence and, like, delivery. That's, so, that's right up my alley. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I need oh to my. watch that right now. I might, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll find it. It was just one of those Twitter things that kind of came and went, and I don't know if I could find it anymore. Oh, man. I'll look it yeah. up. That's so funny. <laughs> that's I just love- one of those things apparently it's like a fun fact that like the easiest american accent for english people to do is like a brooklyn new york accent yeah, and, like, yeah. well because tom hardy's going that was the so original hard on european that. it's close to their own accent sense. yeah but like harvard <laughs> that's new that's boston but whatever i'm walking here <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I you'll just get me stuck talking on accents because it's so it's so interesting because they always say that like the Boston accent is probably close the closest that we have to like what they like actually sounded in like colonial times and stuff. Yeah, that's another because thing. That's where all the settlers came. Yeah, that's where that's where all the settlers came from. Yeah, and so it makes sense that that's what they looked at because they don't have the other countries of like scotland and Mm -hmm. just all the other accents like kind of mixing together they don't have that they just had the boston accent. yeah i get really fired up about stuff like that because people also get real mad they're like 
American English is not real English, and you're stupid Americans for calling a zucchini not a courgette. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> and it just makes me so mad because the fuck. <laughs> I, I've I've been a part of a lot of discourses. <laughs> People get mad. They're like Americans are dumb, or like Americans are like, oh, you're just mad. But like linguistically, like if you're actually talking about anybody who studies linguistics, like that's just how languages work. And there's lots of different dialects. And I could I could go on. I get really mad about dialects. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing the 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 modern like relationship between like especially, like, England and America is the whole thing of, like, I see, it's, like, the biggest discourse is, like, on TikTok, because, of course, it's, like, people reacting to each other with, like, stitches and stuff of of people being, like, haha, people in England have funny accents, haha, <laughs> crumpet, lol, when, mm-hmm. like, haha, and then an English person immediately responding with, at least we don't have school shootings, like, every <laughs> single goddamn time. That's fair. And everyone being, like, hey, don't do that, yeah. because that is not an accurate response, that is not up. an okay not response, response to somebody joking about your accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool, Tricky, 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 tricky. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but you guys are racist and terrible. And it's like, do you want to talk about colonization? Oh, wait, can I speak like, to the no. one thing that kind of bothered me about this movie? Because it does t- t- reference colonialism yeah. and racism. Is it, the, is it the Asian woman who has maybe two um, lines and doesn't do I anything? I mean, it's, it's that they use the Vietnam War as a backdrop for this movie and how talk about how foreign people and the people who are cast as your enemies are actually just people. Um, right. But that never, they never let anyone talk. Like the Japanese yep. soldier who becomes John C. Right. Riley's friend off screen never right. talks. Yep. You know that they had a relationship, but he, you don't, never hear from him. Uh, you never hear, you hardly hear from the one scientist woman. Um, there's literally a whole tribe of indigenous people who are voiceless don't speak. and that yeah, it speak. really bothers me like in 2017 there's a movie that's like trying to talk about unity and talk about how important it is to learn about other people and learn about other cultures and respect them and they don't have they don't get to use words like john <laughs> right. c Riley is just speaking for them and he's like this is this is what they say it's very important to them but they just stand <laughs> right. silently and like don't even get to emote which just like it yeah. really bothers me like just my whole life hearing people talk about like yeah. how stoic and voiceless like Asian, older Eastern Asian people tend to be, which is right. just mm-hmm. so far removed from the truth that it, it kind of stings that it's perpetuated more in this movie. But mm-hmm. that's all. Especially when one of the galaxy brain takes that's like baked in there is that like the people who take a second to listen to the tribes and listen mm-hmm. to the people of the island that they're at are the ones who end up being, like, right and getting yeah. the full story and end up being the good guys. But, like, it's a point is that they're listening to the people, but yeah. they, the people don't get to talk at all. And it's, it's right. just a bummer. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, which is more just, like, kind of light racism, TM. It's, like, mm-hmm. when they go when they go to Vietnam to talk to Tom Hilson. Or where do they go? Are they in Vietnam? Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, where they go to talk to Tom Hiddleston, and there's just, like, 40 Asian prostitutes in the background, right. and just, like, in every single shot that we can fit, and it's like, well, this is... Yeah. Did you need that? Did you need to, like, continue that stereotype that we 
forced onto Asian women? Right. Do we need to continue that? Well, and sort of in the same vein, if we're going to talk about like things we are <laughs> like ideologically <laughs> against in this movie, the thing. I mean, not that that stuff doesn't bother me. I was thinking that stuff, too. Uh, I'm very smart and woke, and I also thought that, <laughs> just also... for the record. Um, <laughs> I'm an ally, but, too. <laughs> but um, there's this thing, because, like, you know, if you're viewing this whole thing as, like, a metaphor for, like, wartime conflict and, like, Vietnam specifically and, like, Kong sort of, like, represents the Viet Cong, mm-hmm. um, like, I that's all cool and interesting. And it's like, oh, it's this thing, and we didn't mean to be here, but do we continue the fight or do we pull out or yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But then at the end, when they're, like, making the decision about whether or not to, like, I mean, not making the decision, trying to convince Samuel L. Jackson not to, like, blow up Kong, it weirdly becomes very, like, transactional. It's like, we need to not blow up Kong because he's the only one who can mm-hmm. stop us from this other evil thing. It's like, well, yeah. no, mm-hmm. we should not blow up Kong because it would be a yeah. shitty thing to do to blow up Kong. He's a guy, yeah. you know? And yeah, like, he's a good boy. Like, I feel like he's exhibited consciousness and isn't just <laughs> right. like stopping a threat that is considered uh, bad by American standards. Cough, right. cough, communism, cough, cough. Well, yeah, but it's like <laughs> it'd be like saying like, oh, we shouldn't go to war in Vietnam because it would benefit us to not do that. Yeah. It's like, no, we shouldn't go to war in Vietnam because there's no reason to go to war in Vietnam. There's mm-hmm. no reason to blow people mm-hmm. up and kill them, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could argue that they're just using that argument for Samuel L. Jackson because that's the only argument he would ever accept, you know? Yeah, but it's still it's like, like a practicality yeah. of the script. And that- yeah, 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 just... Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it is, they ch- they consciously chose to have the consciously, <laughs> Con- <laughs> subconscious. But like they they chose to have it framed around like the 1944 and the 1970s, where the like America very much had like a, an issue with fighting Asian countries. Right. Like it it was intentional. So and they they chose to make it set here. So I I just it it bums me out a little bit, especially having like a lot of my family was impacted by World War II and the Vietnam War, so it is just like Right. It's oh, yeah, it sucks yeah. a little bit, <laughs> but Right. I, yeah. yeah. But when I don't pay attention to those parts, uh, I like the big monster parts of the movie. <laughs> right. I like I like the big. Well, and like <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because the chat's talking about this, and the one thing that is cool about this movie racially is how many black actors are just like in the main team, and how many are like different types of characters that don't just feel like racial tropes. Like it's cool that Samuel Jackson is that like corporal like captain and also the villain and then you have the scientist guy and then you just have the foot foot soldier guy like uh it it makes me think of that what's the joke in uh aziz ansari's show what was it called master Master of none yeah where he makes the joke it's like black people have gotten past the the one person the two person rule Mm -hmm. where you can have one more more than two people in the black in a movie without it being a black movie yeah right it made me think of that where it's like we have a really good like number of black actors in it if that's like if you're meeting some woke quota you know right but like at least that's nice at least that we have a good number of black actors and like yeah the 
two of them, and not all of them die, two of the black actors get out of there totally fine. Right. And, like, Samuel Jackson does get killed, but he's not the only black guy. Right. He's also the villain, so it's, like, it's fine. It's fine. It evens out. But here's... Okay, so one last thing I want to say, just thematically, Galaxy Brain, that I think <laughs> is really smart, is the moment where... I don't know the name of this actor, the guy who looks like Gary Sinise, the, like, asshole foot soldier, whatever that guy's name was. Um, the guy who eats beans. Yeah. Um, at that moment at the end, because he's very much like on Samuel L. Jackson's side where he's mm-hmm. like, we got to fight. We got to like finish this thing off. But then enemies is when, enemies. Yeah. But then he has that moment where he like uncorks the gas canisters and is about to do his big heroic thing where he blows up the monster. And then he just gets his shit rocked and he explodes on the side of a cliff is like, yeah. You know, if you're if you're going to think like that, if you're going to think like we have to finish this thing, there is a death toll associated with that. There is a loss mm-hmm. of life associated with that no matter which way you swing it. And mm-hmm. you always you don't really think of it as being you ever when you're making that kind of decision, but uh hey, guess what? A lot of the times it's you, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you are going to, you're going to fight this thing to the end. You're going to bullheadedly just go through with it. But like bad news, you're going to get your shit rocked by a big dinosaur. I know you thought <laughs> that it would be somebody else getting their shit rocked, but it's just as likely it's going to be you personally, you know? Yeah. Which is very far removed from like American understanding. Like, right. Uh, like yeah. even when there are family members who have been involved in the military it just seems like our understanding of war and its impact uh especially the victims of war it just seems very much removed mm-hmm. from our understanding like we're not just blowing up empty buildings <laughs> like, right yeah. yeah exactly yeah when they're like send our boys to war and it's like oh so cool cool let's send these college students <laughs> off to die right. cool yeah cool i sense. have i i just i would love it if someday soon like the next vietnam war movie isn't about the soldiers who are there like like a like a, a very popular movie for like american audiences to see it would be great if like the main focus, if not the total focus, was on, like, actual Vietnamese people. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you know. It just seems even, yeah. like, the only, like, really pop culture focus I can think of is Miss Saigon. And it's still, like, right. majority, yeah. like, at least half of it is from the perspective of, like, a white soldier. Which, right. yeah, you know, you know, baby steps, you wanna I guess. You want to hear a weird memory from college I have? In one of my communications classes, uh, my professor was talking about something else, and he happened to mention that he was reading a book about the Vietnam War, and this white girl, like, raised her hand, and he was like, oh, yeah, uh, do you have something to say? She was like, I think you should try reading a book about the Vietnam War that's actually by a Vietnamese author. And he was like, "Uh, it it is by a Vietnamese (laughs) author. And she was just like, good. (laughs) She did. Didn't even like, wait to listen yeah. to what the book was about. Yeah. <laughs> she was on it. She knew what she yeah. wanted. Yeah. Like, 
Okay, sure. Um, have you ever tried listening to other people? I, as a white woman, would know. Yeah. Yeah. My my feminism is not sectional. It's intersectional. It's, yeah, it's not speaking over other people. Let me put on my pussy hat and move on. It was just so funny. I was just like, and that was that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and then, they're, and then they were I done. just think about that a lot. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. It's so tricky. Oh, and I also... I just like sort of in the setup of this movie, like, just the idea of having a photographer in the cast. Mm -hmm. Because, like... Oh, it's fun. So much of these sorts of movies are about, like, this is, like, a secret thing. This is, like, a, you know, some kind of... You know, it's like a big monster that the world doesn't know about. So, like, setting up that there's a photographer there, like, instantly sets up this, like, sort of pre-tension of just, like, is she going to take a bunch of pictures of Kong and show them to people? Like, what's going to happen to her that's going to keep her from telling the world about Kong? Or will she be able to tell the yeah. world about Kong? It's, like, just immediately just the that idea of her being there sets up a lot of interesting, you know... Mm-hmm meta-narrative tensions that I yeah. think is really fun. I was trying to think about it because in the... I, I've talked about the... Is it the Bechdel test? Is that the one where yes. two women talk to each yeah. other? I'm having... My, like, ADD is going crazy today. I don't know what's that. <laughs> but uh, the... Yeah, the Bechdel test of two women talking to each other. Because I was thinking about the cast in, like, terms of, like, diversity just because I was thinking about it. And it's like, we have, we, we have black people there, we have one Asian person, and we have two women. But it's the... The person who fits the most of those, like, if we're talking about, like, diversity points, like, I don't know, because it's a tough conversation, because the conversation of just, like, how many black people do we have there is not real diversity, Mm -hmm. yada, 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 but the... The Dr. Sang song, what's her name? I don't remember her character's name. I could not tell you. The actress's name is... Exactly, like, her... Which is another big bummer. (laughs) Yeah, is that I was just... I'm just trying to think of why she's in the movie because i can't she doesn't do anything or interact with anybody there's a weird implied romance between her and like the scientist guy but they talk like one time and she like opens a can by herself and that's literally (laughs) all she does we never see her in a combat scene we never Mm -hmm. see her when things are going bad she like weirdly pops in and out of reality like when we (laughs) want her to be in a scene and when we don't like she literally serves no function right she doesn't even like give us a perspective of she's not like she could have been like the vietnamese like perspective which is what that's i what thought she, she i thought that been. like originally she was that's gonna be was gonna like be the too. translator she, or something like they knew there would be indigenous uh, yeah. people there and like she was like a and linguist just, or something but she's not yeah, or like yeah like, she would just be anything right. she literally wasn't anything so yeah. i do have a little bit of insight into that because the director yeah, of this i also movie, read uh jordan vote rogers excuse me jordan vote rogers um was like it's one of those this is like a thing that's becoming more and more popular lately where you get a guy who directed like a small indie sundance movie and then just be like mm-hmm. great do you want to do teenage mutant ninja turtles and they're like <laughs> yeah yeah i guess and they do it and the studio like kind of pushes them around and they don't really get to do what they want to do and they could be like oh that kid who directed it did a bad job if it, it if it bombs you know they can like yeah. blame it on this like young 26 year old director um yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
like he's very open about sort of the process of making this movie and saying like hey like these were the ideas i had and the studio wanted different things and he's like been very explicit in like speaking about like the compromises he had to make and like what he would Mm -hmm. rather have done and he's like i'm still proud of the movie i still think it turned out really well but you know i had to do this and i had to give up this and there's way too many characters in it i know that and like all that kind of stuff yeah um which i just think is super fascinating and that's one of the things that was like one of his characters was uh jin what's the actress's name it's it's a chinese name and i'm always afraid i'm not pronouncing it correctly <laughs> but um but it was like that was like one of his characters that he had a different idea for yeah. that the studio just sort of noted into oblivion by the time they actually got because into hollywood lerves asian characters big fans mm-hmm. of developing Unless, them on, only if they have a only if their hair is dyed a fun color if they have a stripe of a fun color in their hair yeah. then they get to be the then they get to say asian girl that the white protagonist gets to they date. get to say That's 10 it. lines instead of two lines <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah yeah and there is it is also worth noting her name is jing tian i think would t-i-a-n be two different syllables uh, maybe like Tian. Tian, something like that. Something. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like right. different inflection that it could be, but that's. Right. But she is Chinese. She's a Chinese actress who like worked in China. Same, for same, same. Decades. <laughs> um, and like English is not her first language at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, I think that might also play a point in like the reason her role sort of got downplayed by a by the time they like finish the movie just because yeah which you know, i think she's is speaking her second yeah. language i'm sure her performance isn't exceptional because she's trying to translate her lines yeah which is fine like that's a part of it but it's also like a, a fraction of also just using like a bunch of asian faces as set decoration and right, yeah like yeah. an asian conflict as a plot device yeah, right. but like just in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all back, not, all background, all background. Which is like yeah. traditionally best case scenario. You're a, an Asian stereotype. Worst case scenario, you're set dressing <laughs> or right. a racist caricature. <laughs> but usually, it's yeah. several of those things. <laughs> well, because I was thinking, I was like, it. It's, I get it's because it's the studio and stuff, and like with the compromise you get, it's the compromise that you get. But like, I feel like it's like. If they're just gonna just do it so horribly and just downplay her into oblivion, then just like just kind of like, I think it would be better if she wasn't in there because right. yeah, then she does feel just more like decoration. Like they're just trying to get your hopes up. It mm-hmm. seems like they're just like fishing for you to be like, oh, there's an Asian woman here, and she literally doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. She just feels like she's there to be there so that you they get woke points. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it is also I think a lot about the idea of diversity, and it's like. I don't think, you know, like, when you're holding movies up to different standards, like, not not every single movie needs to have a, a perfectly diverse cast, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's about, like, just sort of the ambient cultural temperature of diversity, you know? <laughs> like, if mm-hmm. if there was a more equal distribution of roles, it would be, like, totally normal to have a movie that's all about white men if there's, like, a a thematic or ideological reason for it to be all about white men you know yes like fight yeah yeah sure fight club's an example um but like 
and it's sort of the thing I think about with this movie because there aren't a lot of women in it. There's Brie Larson and the scientist, and it's you know you would be like where are all the women but it's like you know in the in the yeah, time period and like the, the setting and the thematics of it it's like it makes sense for it to be a lot of men but like are we yeah, at a point yeah. where we're totally just cool with just telling a bunch of stories that are all about men even if they have a reason to be you know it's a weird thing i go back and forth on a lot yeah where it's like it makes sense that this story is all men but like why do we need to be telling this story if it's all white men yeah i totally get you yeah which is like it's 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 fine it's fine to have like a story that is like i i didn't have a problem with the amount of men in this story it's just that all of the stuff that i've said before that they they are using this backdrop Instead yeah, no, of, different, mm-hmm. yeah. different, issue. different, different, different gripes, but different, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to treat. I don't think diversity should be treated like a checklist. Yeah. Like, oh, we need a black guy and we need a woman, because that just feels like you're not getting the point of this. Pretty much, like it, it's including stories that when a woman and a black person are there, or any any person that's not straight white and a man, like that, it makes sense that why they're there. It's not just. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> It's not Fight Club, club, but they're all gay women, because that wouldn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, creating stories and spaces where diversity happens naturally because you're telling a story that isn't all about one thing and one perspective. That sounds like a fucking Babylon Bee article, where it's just like, Warner Brothers announces Fight Club reboot with all (laughs) transgender Muslim cast. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's what Hollywood's like. <laughs> Our nor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we? What? What else do I have to say about Kong? Let me look. Uh, I love. I lo- I love so much. The the way I already talked about it a little bit, but the way that the at the last fight between Mega Dino and uh, King Kong looks. That fight is just sick as hell. Yeah. First of all, like the choreography of King Kong using tools and shit is dope <laughs> right. as hell. But, like, the fact that it's just, like, in the middle of the day, the fact that it's so green and, like, natural and, like, in this big lake is so cool. And then you have, like, the green and then you have the smoky red from the flare. It's all dope as hell. But I love, I love how, like, mossy everything is in this movie because, like, it just makes them seem, like, so big Mm -hmm. that they've got, like, moss growing on them. Like, even King Kong. Yeah. yeah, like, King Kong gets pretty, like, grimy at the end of the movie because he's, like, bloody, but he's got, like, moss and, like, pond scum on him. Like, he's just, like, so, like, nice and mossy. It's cool. Right. I love it. I am... Oh. Go ahead. No, Peter. you go. I was going to change subjects, so... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> kind of. Was that a sneeze, Adeline? Was what? that a sneeze? It kind of sounded like Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. Um... Fuck, I totally lost track of what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, about the fight at the end. Oh, this movie plays kind of fast and loose with, like, time of day, which in a way oh, that yeah. I think oh, is yeah, super yeah. fun and 48 cool. 48 hours. Yeah. And they just, like, but I just mean, like, there are a lot of, like, action sequences, sort of, that, like, transition but into, like, different phases where it's, like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson lights King Kong on fire and it's, like, fully nighttime. And then they're, like, yeah, doing like the that whole thing. And there's, like, a few shots where it looks like, you know, orange sunrise when they transition to a different sort of part of the fight, which lasts, you know, a minute tops. 
And then at a certain yeah. point, they just switch and they're like, it's morning now. It's like bright mm-hmm. morning daytime now. In a way, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you could be like, oh, the sun came all the way up over the course <laughs> of a minute and 45 seconds. Like, obviously it doesn't yeah. like fully make sense, but it does like provide a certain sort of like dynamic dynamicness to like a long action sequence where you can have what feels like three different settings over the course of this thing even though it's just one that sort of like mm-hmm. clues you into like the time frame that it's happening while also sort of like you know literally coloring and just sort of metaphorically coloring different parts of the same sequence so it can break it up and make it not feel monotonous you know i think it's so cool Mm -hmm. i love that about this movie yeah yeah this movie's pacing is really 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 good yeah yeah my what i really appreciate about this movie is that they don't weirdly sexualize the relationship between the female protagonist and king kong yeah i was literally about (laughs) to say that because they have like obviously they connect with each other but in a way that's like I, I at first I thought you were my adversary but now I respect you and see that you are a right. life form that's worthy of being on this planet you know uh, what is the yeah. best shot in this entire movie is when Brie Larson is in Kong's closed fist and the yeah. <laughs> the monster mm-hmm. like grabs his arm and you know Brie Larson is inside of there yeah and like you can inside to him and like goes all the way yeah. down his throat. and you can see Kong like trying so hard to like get that fist away from the monster mm-hmm. but eventually there's this moment where you see on his face where he just says like okay fuck it and all right just, I'll work like, with this <laughs> Plunges yeah. Brie Larson deep inside this monster in his fist, and then yeah. grabs its guts and rips <laughs> him out, and then opens his fist and puts Brie Larson down. It's so There's good. So good about Kong's emotions in this. Yeah, it, like they do such a good job of like having him emote because there are several times where you can just totally where he's just like, "All right, fuck it." <laughs> it's like great. Right. Well, like that like, scene Kong, go off, where King. John, yeah, go off. King. <laughs> where John is like hiding from him, and he's like. Oh damn, I'm gonna get crushed. But he's like not yeah. poking the bear or anything, and then you just see Kong like cleaning his wound out, like he's a right. sentient yeah. conscious being, and then fights that squid and eats it. <laughs> like that's sick. It's so good, but it's not in a weird yeah. like. I think I want to have sex with that big old gorilla because that is very tra- <laughs> it's very God. traditional to King Kong movies in a really gross way. Yeah. Like in well cuz it's weirdly like saying that like the objectification of women is like all uh-huh. is like a natural thing which is right. gross cuz a yeah. it's something that's completely made up by society but also puts this weird which is it's just yeah. weird. Why does that big gorilla want to fuck that lady? Like, That's the not way what that happens. they frame King Kong is just so much better than it has been in the past. Where like right. yeah. he's this he benevolent like creature who's just like trying to maintain balance for like lesser yeah. creatures that can't take care of themselves versus these skull cruncher munchers, <laughs> and like right. that's yeah. recognized by well, everyone else. I like skull munchers. <laughs> remember a story. I think it was Jane Foster or somebody who, the actress who plays the lady in uh, uh, Gorillas in the Mist, that movie, when they were talking about filming it, is that they were filming with, like, a specific pack 
or a specific troop of gorillas, and they were like, all right, lady, there are these two gorillas here, and one of them is super nice and super chill, and he'll just, like, let you sit next to him, and he just, like, won't bother you, and he'll just go about his business, and you'll be next to him and be fine. And they're like, and also, there's this other gorilla that for some reason hates women just so much. (laughs) And if he sees you, he will grab you by the hair and drag you down the mountain and leave you there and walk all the way back up. So they're like, as long as you're sitting next to the nice gorilla, the mean gorilla won't pull you down the mountain. And she was like, all right, cool. And so she sat next to that gorilla for the rest of the shoot. The uh, so So yeah. Generally, gorillas do not want, yeah, it's not, they're not like the weird sexual cause. Right. You want to hear something? So as I was looking for reviews for this movie to read at the end, I got like a special insight into the way that sort of the average non, I don't mean to say non-critical thinking person is in like, they're just dumb. <laughs> I mean, like they don't think critically about movies. Just not like not the actively way they like thinking. To watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, just not how they watch Looking movies. at all these, like, one-star reviews of people, like, on Amazon and stuff, it is so fascinating how much they all say, like, the exact same things. Like, and it, I know this is, like, creeping into, like, oh, I'm so smart and normies are dumb <laughs> territory. But, like, I feel like every time you hear somebody who's not, like, passionate about film, like, critique a movie, they always just say, like, uh, plot holes you could walk through and, <laughs> you know, bad stories didn't make sense, like that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so weird how vague and undescriptive that is. So in a certain yeah, kind of way, I was like trying to figure out like what exactly it was about this movie that general audiences didn't like fully latch onto. And like, I got like no good information from it. They were all just like I plot am holes. So fucking <laughs> tired as a society of talking about po- plot holes. Right. Like I just don't fucking care anymore mm-hmm. if a story has plot holes. Plot holes in it. Like just use fucking critical thinking <laughs> skills and fill in the holes yourself because that's probably what whoever made the movie was gonna try to make you do anyway i'm just like oh how did they get there so fast it's like who fucking cares dave it's a movie (laughs) you know like what do you want like like, um, let it go like a a little side screen of like a map of where they are on the island and like (laughs) a countdown clock (laughs) but then they'd be like why is the movie holding my hand it's like because you're an idiot what do you mean because you would have complained if they didn't but the one thing they're like opening narration why are they explaining everything and then when they don't explain something i don't get it what's with this giant (laughs) plot hole it's like shut the fuck up oh my god but the one thing that people seem to be complete i mean not people people who hate this movie seem to be completely unable to get over is the bit right at the beginning where they're all flying around shooting at Kong when they see him for the first time where they're like, why would they do that? And it's like, not only like, why would they just do that? But also why would they just fly so close to King Kong that he could just punch him out of the air to which I would say King Kong's pretty nimble. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think that's a problem. But, like, also, that's, like, the point of the movie. Like, why would they do that? Like, yeah, why would they do that? It's a pretty bad yeah. idea, if you ask me. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah, know. This well, is no, like a- that's the point, is that they, like, fly kind of close to him, and then they, like, fly away, and then the, 
a big gorilla just chases after them because yeah. it's a big gorilla mm-hmm. with long arms. Like, what do you and mean? And also, like, this is a visual representation of, like, America's Oedipus. Not Oedipus. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't mean to say Oedipus. America's Oedipal <laughs> Complex. <laughs> Oh no! America's hubris in approaching warlike scenarios. It's true, but not that kind of hubris. (laughs) I don't know what happened inside of my brain. Can someone please please explain it to me? No, come on, it's not that crazy. Oedipus is all about hubris, about how he thought. Yeah, but this is a different kind of hubris. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't, you know, like the fuck your mom. Kind this of is, I'm talking more. At least I hope the, not. Yeah, God, they're, they're like they're. That's the fate tempting fate hubris. I'm talking about manifest destiny hubris. Right. Yeah. But like we can shoot anything that we want to to make it right. work for us. Even this big monkey. Yeah. Right. We, and there are a lot of movies like that that I love that just have like one big like sort of plot hole moment, quote unquote, where it's like. Because especially, I think this is especially relevant, where it's like, what you're upset about is a matter of execution, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why would they fly so close to King Kong? You're right. It doesn't really make sense that they would behave that way. But fixing that doesn't alter the fabric of the movie at all. What you're upset about the is the way that they choreographed it would be slightly different and it wouldn't have taken you out of that moment. But the rest of the movie is exactly the same. It's not a plot hole. It's just like a, a, a trifle of execution, you yeah. know? And same they also thing with didn't like, even know they, when they, they, by the time that they were already close to King Kong, they hadn't seen him. He had already right. grabbed them. They were trying to do rec- recon on the, their fallen soldiers, which is a huge thing, right. like part of this movie. So yeah. shut, shut your trap. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, and it's also, I think I've said this a bunch of times in the podcast before, but I always go back and forth on, like, people don't make the smartest decisions they could possibly make 100% of the time in real life. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't expect movies to always have people making... To be perfect geniuses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But on the other hand, I do think that movies are more satisfying to watch when characters do make smart decisions. So it's like, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know. But, um, but, like, Prometheus is a great example where it's oh, yeah. like, oh, why is I, he running straight forward? Yeah, like I love Prometheus. I think Prometheus is great, and like that moment where she's running away from the big thing that's falling, and it's like a, a narrow sort of object, and she's running forward, and it's like going to come down on her. It's like okay, but she gets away from it. She doesn't get crushed by the spaceship. So it's like, yeah, sure, fine. The way it was choreographed is weird and kind of awkward to watch because mm-hmm. you're like, why wouldn't she just run to the side? Granted, but it's also much that's... more dynamic. And yeah, and it's like <laughs> it's a cooler shot. Yeah, it's a cooler a. shot, and it's like four seconds of the movie. You know, like just move on. Yeah. Um, and like. As a person who, at my job, I, like, for, I'm just a very clumsy person, but, like, when things, like, drop or, like, doing that little, like, shimmy-shammy thing you do when, like, someone's walking on the same side of the sidewalk as you and you try to get out of your, each other's way at the same <laughs> right. time, it's, like, people don't impulsively make the smartest decisions, especially when it comes to, like, getting out of the way of something. <laughs> right. the, like, they're, like, it's kind of like the fight or flight, like, you either, like immediately like make a tactical 
tactical decision or your brain is just like, okay, time to run. Because I've <laughs> dropped things from the top shelf and been like, all right, time to run away now. Like, <laughs> right, it's not. Yeah. Also, <laughs> like, that's just what the brain be like. Like, you're speaking as some and critiquing as someone who has seen King Kong operate before in lots of versions of <laughs> yeah. pop culture. And these right. are characters who have never encountered a big old ape. The size of a mountain yeah. that right. can grab yeah, is that a monkey? flying <laughs> objects easily, okay? So <laughs> I do think it's really cool when King Kong grabs the helicopter by like the blades and like cuts his hand up. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. And then later sick. he's got like the big cuts on his hands. That's cool. Yeah, I agree. It's so That's good. Cool. I like the I love, <laughs> love I love a gorilla. Love a big gorilla. The bigger big the gorilla. better. I <laughs> bigger the but better. But not in a <laughs> sexual way, because that's disgusting. But not in a sexual way. Just like in a I just want to hug him. Yeah. I also you know what I think about a lot? Maybe I don't know, maybe this isn't the best, but like there's such a weird vitriol towards Brie Larson in the like sexist yeah dude quarter of the internet asshole community yeah and i think about it a lot because like you know the her personality and her on-screen persona does come off very like holier than thou and condescending about the fact that she's a tough girl a lot of the mm-hmm. time a girl which boss, is true yeah which is true and something and like in she does so much like social media stuff now and it's like me personally, Jackson McMurray. I find Brie Larson as a you know when she's on a candid in a candid setting. I find her to be annoying, right? Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that's my right as a person to find her annoying. You know, everybody yeah. in the world has the right to not want to listen to Brie Larson's podcast or whatever. But yeah. like. There's a s- but you don't center. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's a certain amount of rage that I just can't quite yeah, understand. Yeah. Well, Jackson, women can only exist if you like <laughs> right, them and yeah. they give you pleasure. That's the only reason. And if they don't do that, then then why the fuck are they even exactly? Here? If women know like, why here? <laughs> and like, I mean, Captain Marvel is not a perfect execution. There are a lot of flaws that we could get into. But it's never, ever, ever will a movie performance deserve or quantify that amount of hate and random, like, spewed hatred for a single person. Like, it's just so... And I don't don't love Brie Larson's performance in this movie. I don't think it's spectacular, I think. But it's not 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 bad by any means at all. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, at one point, she's like... Um, I'm an anti-war photographer, and that made me be uh, made me roll my eyes a little bit because, like, we get it, right? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, we get it. You're. I do think it's stupid that she has a man's name, and that's like, yeah. Girl. They're like, a you're girl. a girl, and she's like, yeah, I'm a girl. Um, she's like, it's last like, time oh I checked, <laughs> like, we yeah, we it's get like, it, we got it. She... It's like the perfect. I get like... that it's the '70s, but women exist, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Like my reaction to Brie Larson in pretty much any movie ever is mostly just rolling my eyes, <laughs> you know. But like, like, there are performances yeah. that Brie Larson has given. Like, she's so good in Just Mercy and Room. Like, those are. Those are really right. layered and interesting and complex performances, and those are completely different characters. And I maybe she's not meant for to be in the action world just based <sighs> off of like her own not not because she's a woman and not because people hate her, but I just think that right. she's better in 
non-action roles personally yeah yeah well i always i don't know i guess i haven't seen room and i haven't seen um i guess i'm thinking of glass castle but nobody saw that but yeah i haven't seen just mercy (laughs) either but did you have you guys seen i haven't seen the movie because it looks very irritating but have you seen at least like the trailer for unicorn store i have i feel like i did it's the movie that she wrote and directed that's literally just like ugh. I'm so tired of adulting. I just want to yeah. <laughs> have put sparkles on things. And, you know, I love unicorns so much. And it's like, oh, my God, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. just like so much like Brie Larson being like, uh, paperwork, uh, taxes. Oh, uh, I can't mm-hmm. even. And you're like, <laughs> fucking God like, damn it. It's a okay. weird. That, that whole conversation <laughs> is a weird one. Because on one hand, especially in societies like, um, uh, Japan and China, like, that's very much a thing, where it's like, you are an adult, you are no longer allowed to like children's things. So, like, recently, there's been a lot of, like, subcultures of, like, adults and older people, like, enjoying cutesy stuff, like Hello Kitty, and, like, a lot of fashion things of, like, being able to, like, enjoy children's things and not all being about, like, capitalistic gain and stuff like that. So it's, like, a rebellion. And, like, even, like, in America, it's, like, kind of that, like, uh, animated movies are for kids. Like, like, oh, you should just be working and you should be a mom. (laughs) You should whatever. Like, it's definitely a conversation to be had. But then there's, like, I don't know. There's, like, the annoying, like millennial perspective of like i can't believe i'm adulting today you know it's just like it's like i on one hand uh, i agree with you and on the other hand you're annoying yeah (laughs) it's just like the execute like it just seems sometimes like it's coming off in a mocking sort of way like a lot of times like whenever performative it's like the same way that uh, like teenage lines are written a lot of times that just are so off-putting and so ingenuine that it it, like those are feelings authentic feelings that are allowed to be expressed right but why does it have to be in such a poor way (laughs) yeah just like uh i made spaghetti today Uh, adulting hashtag oh who would have thought i made it you guys I'm gonna drink wine. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the rest of us have been (laughs) been doing. The rest of us have figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's why I haven't watched the story. We got it. The rest of us have been having fun as adults. I don't know what you're doing. Um, Okay, are we are we good? Yeah, we talked for quite a bit. (laughs) We talked about the racism. We talked about how much we liked the rest. Yeah, we love kaiju. When you got Which to that, in Canadian, boy. that's pronounced Caillou, just in case anyone was wondering. God damn it. Oh, that's why that motherfucker is like that. <laughs> he's got the spirit of a kaiju inside he's of a kai, him. Yeah, kaiju, kai, Caillou that's is canonically a kaiju. Kaiju, all right, fine, I'll, I'll begrudgingly accept. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about how Caillou and how fucked up he is? No. Okay, God. I have one closing thought. On Kong Skull Island, which is that I didn't realize how permanently ingrained that post-credit scene is in my psyche forever until it came on. Because I had to watch it dozens and dozens of (laughs) time over when I was working at the movie theater. So that moment where, like, it goes dark and Tom Hiddleston's just like, so you're just gonna sit there in the dark? You're enjoying this, aren't you? I was like, fuck. <laughs> I know this word for word, and I didn't even realize oh it. 
Do you think that is... they'll they'll old man Tom Hiddleston in the in the movie? Ooh, that could be fun. They'll, that I hope would be they fun. Do. Because let me tell you, I hope they just give him like a beer. I like one hundred percent of the cast of Kong Skull Island a thousand times better than I like the cast of the King of the Monsters. That's fair. That's really fair. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't like Kyle Chandler. I don't like Millie Bobby Brown. Like you don't like Millie Bobby Brown. I don't. I don't like her as a person. I like her as Eleven exclusively. That's fair. For some reason, like, Kyle Chandler's been in a lot of movies I like, but for some reason, like, th- it always feels like they're good in spite of Kyle Chandler. I don't know. <laughs> for some reason, whenever like he shows now, up, I'm just They were like, able to uh, rise above. <laughs> above yeah. <laughs> Kyle Chandler, God. That's so right. rude. <laughs> and it's like, Kyle Chandler's in Game Night, and he's awesome in Game Night. There's like, one of my favorite movies of all time. But for some reason, whenever I realize Kyle Chandler's in the, in the movie, I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> I wish he weren't. I don't know why. I just don't like him. I don't like the cut of his jib. <laughs> That's okay. You're allowed. That's really bad. Do you have a review? No, Jackson? I think Keisha has some plugs, though. I do have some plugs. Here we go. Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast, our review. Our, it was a little long, but it was worth it because we have a lot of feelings on Kong Skull Island. Uh, if you liked it, leave a like. Uh, comment what, how you th- what you thought of Kong Skull Island or... Uh, tell us what movies you'd like us to talk about because we want to talk about the things that you guys care about. We all we have like somewhat limited understanding of movies that are popular. So what do you want to hear? Also, don't listen to my dog who's scratching at the door. You can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at No Nerds Pod. You can follow Jackson at Jepper Pack, and you can follow Adeline at Hollow Horse, and you can follow me Keisha Rhodes at Beyonce. Um. And you should you can listen to any other podcast. There are lots and lots of podcasts. Uh, the Cars one, I highly recommend. No, no, I think no. it's listen to this one. So funny. Um, you can <laughs> listen to them on any podcasting streamable place. Uh, what are those called? What? You know. what? Excuse me. You can li- you can listen to them on Spotify. You can listen to them on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to them on YouTube. You can do lots of those things. Watch some of our other videos. Uh, that's it. When we get to 10,000 10, subscribers, Jackson said he'll love you shave his head. So we'll do that. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I can do that if people want that. I don't know. <laughs> I um, just made that up. That's, we've never talked about that before. <laughs> and TikTok, too. We have a TikTok. Oh, yeah, I'm TikTok. Still, we have a TikTok. I'm still getting a handle on it, but it's coming. There's There are exciting things in the in the, in the the future for our TikTok. Um that's at no nerds pod also and yeah thanks again i say this every time but i love pointing out people in the chat whoa we just had like three people pop up right at the end that we hadn't seen before yeah yeah <laughs> uh, gerald desi uh nixteen wise whizzler stud love this favorite part of the show um i know favorite my favorite part is jackson trying to pronounce people's <laughs> usernames like somebody's mom who you're trying to talk about about a youtuber and dylan also, s he, right at the Mark beginning e. Plyer? he add quarter dylan <laughs> um but yeah like i mean like i said we're growing a lot mostly because of the uh the dark side of the rainbow video that i put up like a year ago now that's about to hit a hundred thousand views by the way which is absolutely insane oh. Um, party. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, and Dylan S is still around. He was oh, here yeah. the whole time, just silently. <laughs> Thank you, He's Dylan. A watcher. I thought for sure that we had Dylan. scared him off in the first few minutes of the stream. 
Because <laughs> I kept saying this. <laughs> yeah. He never did um, answer if he was Dylan Sprouse, so I'm Sprouse. just going to assume he is. <laughs> he is. Um, we'll never know. I love I like doing to after, too. D- Dylan Sprouse just at home typing, good job, that was good on somebody's podcast stream. Oh, God, that's absolutely what I would do if I was famous. Are you kidding me? Um, but, yeah, and, you know, just to answer your question, Gerald, we, we, try, we keep an eye on the chat whenever we're, you know, recording, but... We only really, like, weigh in if there's something that we, like, want to, like, actively discuss. Relevant. We don't, like, do, like, shout-outs or, like, just chatting with the chat particularly often. But we do at the beginning yeah. and well, at the end, Well, it's because if so. we're talking about Kong Skull Island and you guys are talking about Lord of the Rings, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. stop the podcast and talk about Lord of the Rings. I'm yeah, heaven not. forbid we stop the podcast to talk about a different movie. That never happens. No, no, no. That no. never happens. Never, ever. Um, That's crazy talk. But when I do it, it's on my terms. <laughs> so, all right. Do you guys want to hear a one-star review of Kong Skull Island? Yes, please. Is it about the big good boy, Mr. Kong? Uh, it is. So this review comes from Amazon.com, and this user says, uh, <clears throat> sorry, this user says, I got so mad at this movie, because why is it that, oh, sorry, I messed it up. Give me one second, let me read it again. That's okay. You can take another 16 bars. I'll take another shot at it. <clears throat> So, do you guys want to hear a one-star review of Kong Skull Island? I, yeah. Okay, great. Yes. So, this review comes from Amazon.com. Oh. And this user says, I got so mad at this movie because why is it that people go over to someone's home and want to destroy their home and get mad when the victim tries to defend their territory? I was so glad that Samuel Jackson was killed. I was crying over what King Kong was going through. And I know that it's just a movie, but seriously, people do act like that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. This That's person basic. must have a really hard time with just movies in general. I feel like this person should I just... I know this is a, just a movie, but I was so sad when that deer's mom got shot. It does happen in real life. I my recommend my my recommendation anybody my recommendation to this person is um watch home alone i think that you'll love it that's <laughs> <laughs> you will love it yeah this is, that's exactly what yeah, happens the kong skull island is real victim blamey i gotta say <laughs> uh, anyway my name is jackson mcmurray <laughs> my name, is, my McMurray. name is keisha rhodes and this has been no nerds allowed thank you and good night <laughs> people are saying we should do good burger maybe we should do that that seems like a very keisha movie <laughs> It is.